Warning, the following podcast contains lurid details of a kitschy California sex hotel, a fictional scenario where a disgusting businessman is the President of the United States, a mouth-watering discussion of a crazy scientist's chicken restaurant, and a time-spanning conversation about the Universal Studios attraction, Back to the Future, The Ride. Great Scott! It's Podcast The Ride. Welcome to Podcast The Ride, the podcast that's an 8.3 on the Richter scale, but a 10 on the scale of fun. Uh, That's a line from a Universal Studios brochure that I brought to talk about our our topic today, Uh, but I I think it's it's about Earthquake, the big one, but I think it applies to our (laughs) podcast as well. Maybe not so much the Richter Uh, of Yeah, a lot of people say our podcast is like an earthquake. A horrible natural disaster. <laughs> um, the, I was going to say feels a lot longer than it actually is. Uh-huh. It's like a ten because we're all dimes, right? We're all tens, right, boys? <laughs> you and this like slang. You, d- <laughs> I look. I'm just trying to stay youthful. You know. What was your? Uh, yeah, wait. Yeah, thirsty. That thirsty is thirsty? new slang that I don't know. Yes. And then dime, yeah. you're throwing out old timey slang. Like someone's a ten. And you use like dime. snack. You say snack a lot. I I'll notice, say snack every now and then. Which is a thing sure. where like it's an attractive man or woman. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, you look like snack. We should probably introduce ourselves. You could, yeah, you could. Well, you could get your Mac on in any era. Get your snack on or your Mac on. And the guy I'm talking about is Jason Sheridan. Hi. And uh, the guy who disagrees and uh, objects to some of this is Mike Carlson. Yeah. Hello, and I'm upset. Um, <laughs> now, Mike, you and I were actually, we were at a very uh, romantic spot over yes, the weekend, though separately. We were we were attending a wedding at the Madonna Inn. That's correct, up in San Luis Obispo. San Luis Obispo, about three, four hours north of Los Angeles. Uh, if you aren't uh, on, in California and haven't driven along the five to discover it, it's one of the, it's, uh, uh, as, as a lot of things in our culture are, the mainly known as the basis of a Simpsons joke. The, <laughs> uh, the Simpsons Hotel, that's where there's like a caveman room and then ultimately the utility room. Uh, so it's this themed room uh, hotel. Yes. It was a very grand campus and very uh, Disneylandish. It's I would uh, say. yeah. A couple people came up and was like, "This seems like it's right up your alley, right?" <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, yeah, kitschy old bullshit." Like, yes, of course. And theming, and we were in the showboat room, <laughs> which since I was not paying like a ton of money, was not that elaborate. It just kind of had pictures of uh, like or posters from the movie Showboat or the the musical, oh, okay. and then there were a couple like very. Neverland Ranch style like cherub statues in the room and like oh, a, a lighting right. fixture of like a, a little angel boy <laughs> yeah. holding like a candle or something. Cherubs everywhere at this place. It's themes all over the map. There's like kind of Danish stuff, storybook stuff, but also uh, yeah, Roman, Grecian columns and mm-hmm. uh, uh, little romantic babies. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> there are tons of romantic babies everywhere. Like the love, uh, love is babies from that comic strip. Sure, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The <laughs> naked babies. Baby. Which, which is another Simpsons joke. <laughs> which is another Simpsons joke. Uh, side note, we were talking a couple episodes ago about Toon Lagoon. Do the love is babies... I don't hear or angels. They're not in there. I don't think the love is. That's a pretty big part of like that particular syndicate. What is the name of the? It's like 
King's no King's World King is features, what <laughs> King features. King features sig- si- Syn- syndicate, syndicate signature. Yeah. Um, that's wrong. But yeah, whatever the wherever all the comics come from in Universal's weird. Toon Lagoon, the Love Is Babies don't factor in. That sucks. Love Is are they're in weird magazines though. They're not always in straight up. New, they, I feel like they're right. not in the main comic section. They're so in they're weird, in the Penny Saver. When I grew yeah, up, yeah, though, yeah, yeah, or like the or, or the Inquirers, things like yeah. that too. I believe the Sun Times, uh, the Chicago Sun Times, had Love Is at the very least, if not. Both Tribune and yeah. Sometimes. But was so, it with the other comics or was it? Yes, it was like with the game? other comics. It was not mm. on its own featured Love Is page or in a weird. Interesting. Like sandwich. So this is, yeah, this is a, we got to look this Listeners, up. Listeners, let us out. know yeah. where your love is. Uh, <laughs> Are the Lockhearts um, or Andy Cap? All right, we can't uh, get into this now. Toon Lagoon. <laughs> we can't, we can't. Welcome You're to another right Toon Lagoon. Uh, Andy Cap is, I think, but I don't know about the Lockhearts. I think they're in there too somewhere. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Madonna Inn is great. Uh, what was your theme, Scott? Uh, I was your in room? the cabin still room, which was like an old moonshine distillery kind of place uh, mm-hmm. where the uh, uh, like the, the the sink mechanisms in the shower were all a bunch of crazy curly cube doodads like you were making moonshine in a tub. Wow, that's great. With a pull chain toilet, which I think I talked about in the last episode being a feature of Club 33 at Disneyland. Uh, uh, yeah, I was very delighted to <laughs> do a pull chain toilet, although the pull chain toilet didn't work. Uh, there are a couple of oh. <laughs> couple of floaters left around. Ooh. Not to reveal too much information about myself uh, on the podcast, uh, but, but yeah, pull chain. I can see why they replaced pull chain toilets. Uh, that's good news that I was not in that room because at nine a.m. Sunday morning, I threw up. Ah, uh, uh-huh. I was I lost track of you. I was wondering what uh, if you uh, took a, a health dive. No, I didn't. I, it was nine a.m., so it wasn't even a health dive. It was just that there were. It's got weird like curfew rules at this place. Like at twelve a.m., it's like no one, no one can be in another room. Like you, if you, unless you're supposed to be in your own room, but then like other lockdown. It's like a like a, a choir trip or something. Yeah, even, it's like the head, even head. if you're trying to smash. Smash is another young yeah. person oh, term. Good it work, means fuck. Uh, good work. Jason was not at the wedding. I'm, I'm sorry. not at the wedding. He I'm what's known as a uh, in the casino industry as a cooler. Uh, it's bad luck. <laughs> so the I casino your, industry. Yeah, casino industry. Yeah, yeah, there's a William H Macy. There's a movie where William H Macy oh, is yeah, a cooler. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so uh, if you were around when the garter belt was tossed to see which next eligible man would get married, it would freeze in midair and shatter as if the as if the garter had been shot by Mr. Freeze's freeze ray. <laughs> yes, that's right. Wow. Yeah. Like <laughs> cooler in multiple uh, versions. So that's a that's a harsh uh, thing to put on you. You might not. Look, be. Yeah, but it's just true. my life. Uh <laughs> you don't have ma- your uh, uh, your cooling abilities are not such that they're magic. I don't think. No. Uh, here's another young person term that this intro for this episode is wild. <laughs> We've been all over the map. We're all over uh, the place. Well, yeah. when you've been to a magical pastoral yeah. land like the, the Madonna, uh, the Madonna Inn, Inn changes Inn, you. Yeah. You want to talk about it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I hope it didn't change me in terms of. Uh, higher uh, venereal content in my body because uh, it's a it's a shady place you get the sense if you ran a black light over the the rock walls and in, uh, in some of these rooms that uh, you might find a couple of spots there's a weird mix of puritanical 
ness to it because of like the 12 a.m. curfew. And I went to a gi- I went to the gift shop and was looking around and really expected it to be just like lube city, like different sex things in there. But there was none of that. There was like a very, very small amount of any. It was just like Trojan condoms. It's a tiny little thing toward the oh. corner. So like I expected that Madonna, huh. and yes, was like a sex haven, which it has to be. But they weren't sort of advertising that and they weren't promoting it in these like very like romantic looking gift shops. So, so but wait, the Madonna it, now I've never been there. Uh it's kind of in the middle of like nowhere, right? Like it's not in the middle of bit. there's not city streets. There's not like a lot of pedestrian traffic no, walking not quite. by it. The late no. night McDonald's runs that were done at this wedding were I think kind of a slow struggle. They it they, was, took, they took a while. Oh, the Madonna, built up township Cuz that's this area, what yes. I associate like hotel like all guests must be registered or mm-hmm. whatever. I associate that more with where like lots of people walking around or passing through public lobbies sort of thing. Just uh, right. drifters and mountain lions I think is what they have to worry about. <laughs> Maybe that's what it is. Maybe there's a lot of mountain lions in disguise. Uh, no. <laughs> they're concerned about guests getting bald. Knowing that with all the theming going on, reality is already askew. Well, that's true. So if a true. mountain lion barged yeah. in, you wouldn't yeah. bat an eye. Um, yeah, it, it's, uh, uh, I don't know, a fun place. Now, did you, but did you, we were popping around to a couple of uh, the other, I got to see a couple of the other theme rooms. Did you find any of it, uh, uh, like, romantic or uh, sensual to any degree? I what what does that mean though? You know what I mean. <laughs> what like, theme would be? What uh, does turn what, on? what to me? Yeah. What do I find sensual or romantic? I mean, I'm not saying I don't, but I, I'm so I don't know closed off. <laughs> like I don't even know. Yeah. Like it's like I'm not gonna find a heart shaped bed with satin red sheets. Like oh baby, here we go. Like I don't know if it's like that's too on the nose. I think only sort like a an eighteen year old getting married in Kansas, like the most virginal person would that would be their sexual fantasy. Yeah, uh, yeah. The the heart shaped bed and the satin and <laughs> rotating. But there was bed. a time where I assumed that my my first time having sex would involve like flapping uh, curtains and the breeze. <laughs> I think I did uh-huh. picture like the romantic, the you know the the Harlequin novel. Uh, well, um, you did grow up in Southern California, and the Santa Ana winds are a regular occurrence. <laughs> uh, really congested, congested natural phenomenon that happens out here in Southern California. A lot so of dust in the nostrils, it right? Yeah. Yeah, I we there was a place um, I don't remember the name of it, but it would be on local TV when I was growing up in Chicago, the Chicago area, and it was de- it was not hiding the fact that it was just like come here to fuck, like that's it. There's hot tubs in the room. There was just you know people getting paid probably no money to be in this ad, and it was on for years. That's my commercial actor talking, and I knew that they just got like some shitty buyout and yeah. they didn't get a SAG scale, right? Uh, uh, I, but I, my mom used podcast. to go, my, yeah, my, my, my mom used to be like, oh, it's like she would make a noise when the commercial would come on, <laughs> but never explain it to me. I got a lot of that telling people I was going to the Madonna and a little, little, oh, little like people bit like, oh. disgust, although I found it to be a, a blast. I feel in good health. Uh, yeah, yeah, a, a, in the fine. men's bathroom, a, 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 like a waterfall urinal. Uh, that I that I was that felt like the a male spa experience to be uh, yeah, that's peeing cool. straight into a waterfall. Oh wait, wait, you're that talking about the one downstairs? Yes, yeah, yeah. All right, so this was hyped to me that there's a waterfall urinal downstairs, and I at first went, "That's weird," but okay, that sounds cool. When when I went in there, it seemed more like you were going into a weird like high school shower. 
and that like the waterfall, which I imagine some like very immaculate, like flowing water constantly was just like sort of a, a, a thin layer of water that would drip down once in a while to just wash away some drunk people's urine. Like if someone it was a had lot less... a tiny waterfall attached to a koi pond they didn't take good care of? Was like <laughs> uh, an empty koi pond. Like, I don't think like it's the, even... The yeah. amount of water in, an, in the L.A. River, that kind okay. of... Okay. Uh, an empty storm drain. Yeah, it was... That was, yeah... A bit of a letdown. I don't know. I think I just look. I as a lifelong I Disney don't fan, to... I love fake rocks. Uh, no yeah, matter how much there water is bit... streaming down them, mm-hmm. and I thought they, I thought they did a good job. But yes, it is true. It required some very active working of the sensor to get the little bit of waterfall drip drop on. And yeah, <laughs> it was and, and kind of a creepy little drain down there. Yeah, and like you could see the drains, and the drains really just looked like like a shower from like an YMCA or something like mm-hmm. it just like mm-hmm. a floor that you don't put your bare feet on it yeah yeah but a lot of a lot of women came in so I think a lot yes, of women that was very a, curious to see that uh, people that. kept talking about like, oh the women always want to see the urinal and then I was waiting outside to go or I was trying to get in and the two women were like hey would you mind if we walk go in there with you and I was like <laughs> oh I guess that's okay they're like well there's like an old man in there right now and we don't want to like barge in on him but I was like, okay. So like, I walked in there, like looking, and like they were disappointed, and then they left. <laughs> what an experience! Yeah, <laughs> I actually didn't pee in the waterfall. I went to the stall. I couldn't do it. Oh, really? Yeah. Mm. Though I, I did peed, it loud and proud. It was well. That's fine. I mean, I've peed in the famous Chicago Wrigley Field troughs. Ah, yeah, yeah. That's pretty. Just, yeah, you got no division in a baseball stadium, which was similar uh, to this situation. Um, uh, yeah, so you have to you have to be happy with uh, what what you're pulling out. Uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, anybody's got a view. I guess I'm not happy with what I'm pulling out. Again, I'll say this intro this week is wild. <laughs> well, it is Peas loosely tied because because yeah. I think you you really can see and what what well, the fun thing about living in California is that I do think there's so many different places that clearly kind of capture the spirit of when Disneyland started mm-hmm. so i'm tying it back here uh so like you know there's a place called the tamil shanter uh in los Feliz, and then there's like you like i used to live right over where uh, the animators build like the animators used to live and the mm-hmm. old walt disney studios was and their little cottage houses so you get to see a lot of this fun stuff that was like the design yeah. aesthetic of the time and that obviously inspired with Disneyland and Walt Disney, so well, and, that is a kind of a cool roadside attraction. Yes, like the, the Madonna. It was the uh, the family was called the Madonna family. It was the last name, and clearly they realized if we're going to attract people to our hotel, there's got to be some novelty to it. There's got to be some theming. It's sort of a, a similar landmark to the Cabazon dinosaurs, which are on the way to Palm Springs. Uh, yes, which the, the like uh, kind of big kooky '60s dinosaurs that are in Pee Wee's Big Adventure. Uh, uh, there's also the the, the theme park. Uh, website Yesterland has a site as a part of the site devoted to other lands in the Orange oh, County yeah. area. Like, the, like when Disneyland opened, then everything had to be called land. Uh, right. uh, from the you know there was like a religious uh, uh, you know uh, a concert venue called Melody Land, or even just like a taco stand it had to be called Taco Land. Mm-hmm. Everything yeah. was land around that time. Shout out to Yesterland, a website I have killed an obscene amount of hours on. Yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, reading about extinct attractions. Actions, mm-hmm. No kidding. Uh, and long gone stuff. Uh-huh. Yeah, and they're more, much more researched than we are. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Much tighter. They don't... Much tighter. <laughs> you can read those articles they in have about real, four minutes. They don't talk about pissing or throwing up. There's <laughs> you don't no su- hear You don't know their... the guy who runs Yesterland, what he did over the weekend. They don't... There's no 32-year-old man trying to just stay a little youthful by using snack or thirsty or... <laughs> 
<laughs> Esterland uh, does not Werner Weiss, the founder of Esterland. I don't know anything about the man. He doesn't put his personal shit on the website. Yeah. No. Um, but you know what? No. That's what we bring to the table. That's we put a little bit of ourselves yeah. into what we talk about. Uh, and I, I, I think you, you'd all give us a round of applause. Give us Thank a round you. of applause. Give us yeah. applause we are home, asking for applause. <laughs> <laughs> Whether you're alone or with people. Take a video uh, of yourself applauding us. Yeah. Upload it. And then we'll <laughs> tweet it at us. We'll t- yeah, tweet us, tweet it at us. All right, well, let's get into the main topic for today, which is Back to the Future: The Ride, which, in my estimation, has to be one of the one of the finest rides of all time. Yeah, I, I would. I mean, it's one of the greats. Uh, I might have a controversial opinion about it at the end, but <laughs> I see. I won't. I won't say it now. I Ooh. guess. I a think cliff, I would a cliffhanger like at yeah. the end of Back to the Future Two, a tease of Part Three. Th- this, to me, I is one of the rides I would call a classic. Yes. Uh, uh, if we were going to start compiling, I mean, at some point I'm sure we will through some complicated uh, tournament mechanism, or, or uh, we'll make it as oh, difficult as possible yeah. to determine the the top ten rides of all time. But I might, I would, I'd have to put this in the top ten. I yeah. Would think. Um, <laughs> and and I mean, I think for us too, like we are all right around the right age of when this we would have been kids when this first opened mm-hmm. uh, in in the early. Yes. Uh, 90s. And uh, as always, you're maybe skewed by nostalgia. And I, yeah. I recognize that I could be with this because Back to the Future is my franchise for sure. I tr- I'm really not a giant Star Wars fan. I'm not a giant Star Trek fan. I'm not a giant Harry Potter fan. Back to the Future is my is my thing. It, uh, uh, probably because I don't like being taken to fantasy worlds. I like hearing uh, exposition <laughs> about uh, almanacs and uh, <laughs> small suburban California towns. Yeah. Uh, with infrastructural issues and Back to the Future uh just to talk about the movie. Like I think mm-hmm. it is one of those uni- like I don't know who hates Back to the Future. Even someone Mm-hmm. Like parents like it, kids like it. When you yeah, show a real kid. big contrarian, I think to, to, to find re- somebody who's not into Back to the Future. Right. Yeah. Uh, I will like Back to the Future is one of those things. Maybe like the Borat movie where I get a little annoyed at the excessive fandom of it. Sometimes, oh, sure. like yeah. it's a little too much. Not that that it's certainly can be said about most of the things I like. Mm-hmm. Um, but like, there's just so much. Yeah. Of it, and we we have now lived through the the celebration of Back to the Future Day of uh, October, yes, whatever, uh, twenty fifteen, which there, yeah. was, there was a real big spike of, uh, and I feel like there was a thirtieth anniversary and a ton of there. There's been a lot yeah. of occasions to bring back Back to the Future to uh, uh, get all the cast members together to make them dress up and <laughs> force in them the to uniforms. dress up. Uh, uh, you know, which is a, which is an odd thing. You know, Michael J. Fox obviously has a condition. Christopher Lloyd is, you know, he's, in his 80s. he's getting up there. That being said, it was very delightful when they were on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, I thought they really gave that that sketch their all. Uh, uh, they they time traveled into the Jimmy Kimmel Theater when he did shows from Brooklyn. That is, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, look that up if you haven't seen it, which I assume everyone has. That is one of those where I saw the clip I saw like the link of it and went, oh no! And then I clicked on it and I was like, all right, I have to admit, I like this. Yeah, absolutely. But like yeah, at yeah. first, you're like, oh no, they're dressed up. Oh no, what? Yeah, I was nervous. You got to be nervous about any sort of re- reunion callback situation. Which that being said, the the big thing with this is like, I you know, I don't have a lot of aggressive 
fanboy opinions, and I, I try to be open-minded on things, but I swear to fucking God, if they ever remake this As soon as Zemeckis movie, is dead, though, it's happening. <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, Zemeckis yeah. and Bob Gale have, like, refused, like, they are pretty firm on, like, they have, I feel like it's in the contract, mm-hmm. no Back to the Future reboot or Back to the Future 4, mm-hmm. like, it just won't happen, he which said- I think is interesting because, like, this uh, 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 franchise has definitely been part of the... Uh, uh, our generation hitting our late twenties, early thirties, and having a little disposable income. So there's been a lot of like, here's the rainbow hat for sale. Here's the hverboard for sale. Here's the sneakers yeah. for here's sale. Pepsi own... in a different bottle. Yeah, here's you Pepsi assholes. In the bottle. And did I try to buy one? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It didn't though. It was hard to get. Oh yeah, there was a big Perf- Pepsi Pep- Perfect Pepsi promotion Perfect. at the yeah. New York Comic Con 2015. The shoelaces, the hoverboard, mm-hmm. all of it. I own an almanac. Is... I own a. Uh, yeah. I own like just a, a very cheapo like copy of the uh, newsletter. It says "Save the Clock Tower." Jennifer's mm-hmm. number is written on the back. Oh, that's good. Uh, yeah. Everybody, catch up. If I imagine, if you're listening to this, you know Back to the Future, right. uh, Arcania pretty well. But uh, I just I want to feel free to throw yeah, out. Yeah, yeah, we should references. feel free on this podcast. Possible. If yeah. Uh, um, but well, unlike some of those other, like Star Wars or X Men, where we'll just keep, or or Avengers, where we'll just keep getting them forever, like they they just won't stop. Like Back to the Future is like finite, like it is stopped because, until he's dead. Until, until Zemeckis I guess is he's dead, dead. And he is that said what that the deal I, is? he says yes. As long as I'm alive, there won't be another oh. Back to the Future. But as soon as he's dead, mm-hmm. someone's just going to sign off. Whoever has the controlling rights, they'll be like, oh, well, I take twenty whatever billion dollars to make a shitty version of this and a newer shittier version of it. I mean, People they, will be hovering will. around yeah. his hospital bed, certainly. Yes. Stay in good yes. shape, Robert Zemeckis. You know what's a lucky thing though is that um uh, it is it's a universal film and I feel like of all the with all of the chaos in the film industry currently, I think Universal's doing very well. I think they've got a lot of big uh, franchises. They're uh, Fast and Furious, correct? Sure. So they don't I don't think they need it. They don't need to like suck the marrow out of the bone in the same way that mm-hmm. uh, uh, other if if it was a if it was a more struggling company, I feel like it would have happened, uh, you know, fifteen years ago. Yeah, yeah, Warner Brothers is coming off a year with both Justice League and King Arthur: Legend of the Sword Oof. in one financial year. Yeah, uh, uh, which, by the way, I watched about fifty minutes of uh, King Arthur: Legend of the Sword the other night, and and. Then had to like uh, go out, and I was like, "Oh, there can't be too much of this left." And I'm like, "There's two more hours of this." Wow, <laughs> it's fine. It's Yikes. fine. It's not offensively bad, but it's just like I can't mm. believe a King Arthur movie is that long. Yeah, yeah. Hey, everybody. Tim Heidecker here with huge news. Office Hours Live recorded another episode live. It was one of our great ones with the great Rory Scovel, who's got a new special out on MAX. Oh, yeah. And the Trinity's here. DJ Doug Pound. Yes, hello. And Victor Berger the Fourth. Hi, hi, hi. Can't we, wait for the fifth. We enjoy the heck out of doing the show, and so will you. If you find us on the podcast app of your choice, now. Well, see, as soon as they figure out that, like, by old uh, uh, sequel rules, it would have been like, well, how do you do it without Marty? And if Michael J. Fox won't participate. But now we know that franchises are about the ethereal thing. It's about, like, uh, outsiders taking up, taking the mantle. And, like, they Mm -hmm. will, like, a new generation will rise to drive the DeLorean around. It's Uh, going uh, to happen. I mean, you have to brace for it now. Yeah. You should get in the bunker now. Until then, (laughs) you have... Have, oh, it's happening. I, you, but, 
You have like cancer. I want to stave it off as long as possible. Or Zemeckis might live to be the oldest, world's oldest man. Please, yeah. please. 110, 50, like you'll be so old at that point that it won't even matter. You, like you won't even know. You won't be up on pop culture so you didn't hear about the new one. Until mm-hmm. then, we have three movies, uh, our mm-hmm. memories and, and footage of and the a ride. Cartoon. Uh-huh. The cartoon and a four-part Telltale Games. And I think there was like a little short with uh, for the anniversary, a little short with uh, Christopher Lloyd doing Doc Brown. Yeah, probably. Uh, doing yeah. some bits about like explaining paradoxes or mm-hmm. why why the future doesn't look exactly like it did in ah, Back to the Future right. 2. Okay, okay. Um, that said, these movies made uh, insane amounts of money. Like uh-huh. the first movie cost $19 million and it made over $200 million. Jeez. And the second movie, they doubled the budget. It was like four million dollars and then that also the second and third ones also hugely successful Mm -hmm. i feel like this was not i feel like the first back to the future was not made thinking this will be a a big franchise they never would have imagined a ride i can't imagine because it's more of a even more so than although your star wars was like what's that weird little movie they're making in the desert yeah this felt like more it feels like a a romantic comedy that has sci-fi components whereas it became kind of a bigger uh, full-on sci-fi franchise as it went on yeah, it's it's interesting how because like yeah, Star Wars as you said like that's designed for to make a million movies mm-hmm. as much like this is not designed at least when you're watching the first movie it's like oh this is an interesting thing that happened in this young man's life <laughs> sure. but then it's like no wait no it's a, all these adventures it's all it all happens over the course of like a week and he's yeah. like he's still got to go to college like Marty's got uh, everything ahead of him yes uh, I, Christopher Lloyd was saying he always wishes he wished there was one more and I think he said he wished it was like in Egypt <laughs> like he had some fantasy <laughs> oh. in his head that he wishes there was a fourth one that was like an ancient Egypt or in like, like way olden times oh weird well, this is in the ride. You get to go to extremely olden times, and it's the uh, it's uh, you know for the, probably the last chance to to really see him. Uh, although there was the TV show and things you've mentioned, yeah, but he, anyway, it's, it was like in, in a in a way the like the last bit of the original uh, trilogy. Yeah, and uh, uh, here, if I may, with the the aforementioned uh, old tattered this Universal flyer, tattered uh, yeah brochure, which I told Scott I have uh, the exact same brochure. Oh. Man. Probably have it here in California, and it is in the exact same shape, and it's got to be from the first opening year or two of Universal. I think my family Beautiful. first went to Universal Studios Florida in 1991, which would be about a year after it opened, right? The park opened in 1990, yeah, I yeah. think. I think yeah. mine might be from 93. There's a big picture. There's like pictures of all the celebrities who've recently attended uh, Universal Studios, Whoa. like Dan Aykroyd, McKellie Culkin, and Bill Cosby. Uh, a giant uh. quote, there just isn't anything like this in the world. Robert Wagner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> another <laughs> Yeah, yeah, another, another good guy to talk about. Uh, anyway, but the description of the ride, just to hype everyone up, brace yourself. For the greatest ride in history, buckle up. Doc Brown is sending you screaming through time, climbing, diving, blasting you into the past for an Ice Age encounter with avalanches, dinosaurs, and a molten volcano, then rocketing you into Hill Valley 2015. It's a 21 million gigawatt sensu-round adventure that brings the blockbuster to life and makes other thrill rides seem tame. Wow, that's great. I think I agree. Uh, I don't. Dis- yeah. I don't disagree with a word of that. Uh, uh, that amount. That specific amount of gigawatts is pretty bizarre. But hey, sure, <laughs> why not? 
Uh, I, this is a, one of my earliest memories of Universal. He's, mm-hmm. he's riding this ride. I, I guess if we were going through the park chronologically, when my family first went there, we'd probably hit the E.T. ride first because you hit it first. It's on the way. Um, but I definitely remember riding this ride probably very vividly because I think it was one of the few times I remember my family using the child swap. So I got to ride this ride twice in a row Congratulations. Uh, uh, while someone sat That's with my awesome. uh, little brother. <laughs> so and awesome. It, it was awesome. It was great. And and also, I realized, like, once we did this, I don't know how much else I would have ridden in the park. I guess King Kong mm-hmm, and yeah. the Ghostbusters, the short-lived Ghostbusters show. And I think that's where I would have tapped out in first grade. <laughs> but if all you – when I started, like, you know, the ride was still open, I think, up through 2007 here in Hollywood. And I would have days where I'd essentially go in, do that ride, that's it, and then go. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's uh, uh, definitely the, the, the centerpiece of, of both parks, probably the best attraction in both parks until some other stuff came along. Uh, um, uh, some basics about the ride. Uh, so open from 1990, uh, although I guess soft opened in 1990, but yeah, not really open until 1991. Officially opened in 91 in Florida. In Florida, open until two, then closed in 2007, opened from 1994 to 2007 in Universal Hollywood. And no, from- 93, wasn't it? Maybe I could be wrong. Okay. Uh, uh, again, don't check. get at us All about right. the research. Uh, uh, and and from 2001 to 2016 in Universal Japan. Uh, so b- big, big, lengthy runs. No longer in operation anywhere. But as but it it does sort. Of, it's a, it's a closure that I am not terribly upset about because you literally. Uh, the ride takes you into a year that would have passed by the time uh, you were going on. Like, like that ride could not stay open past right. 2015, although right. it did in Japan. Yes. <laughs> um, so you were going fine. into the past. Jaws is still future. open in Japan. Uh-huh. Oh, really? Okay. Uh, which is a thing that, uh, uh, yeah, I, I why I might want to go there. Yeah, when we go to Japan, there's sure. a few of, a few of our friends, anytime we talk about, like, oh, we, we all kind of, People have gone to Japan or, or want to visit Japan. Uh, there, there's a few of us who are like, yeah, "Do you set aside the time to go to Universal because they do the Jaws right?" <laughs> like, uh, if they still had BTTF, I think that would seal the deal. I mean, with that, for yes, sure. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, what I was gonna say, I didn't actually go. We didn't go to Universal Studios the first couple times I went to Florida. Mm-hmm. We just oh, went okay. to Disney, so I didn't ride this until I was a little older. Which also with the ET ride, um, but this ride does the similar thing to E.T. and that it like drastically expands what like the universe. Yeah. It like kind of gives you all this new information and like adds another element to it. Like E.T. gives you a whole other planet and his backstory, of course, we all know the flop gloppel and Botanicus, of course. Yeah. But this is like there's a future institute and mm-hmm. this expands like what Doc does and who he is. Like this is honestly kind of a case for like I wouldn't mind a movie about this institute that Doc Brown oh, has. Yeah. Sure. <laughs> like, it has multiple branches in multiple yeah, times. Yeah, it's kind of inter- it's kind of an interesting idea idea hmm. where he would go like as much as we're like not liking the idea and obviously christopher lloyd probably can't play doc brown but well, it'll, he be, can, it'll but... be alden algenreich yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he takes young hans young doc donald yeah. glover as marty <laughs> <laughs> but like if it was the 90s and like the the people who made the movie wanted to make another movie i was like it's kind of a fun idea yeah, uh, the stuff that they introduce in this lot in the queue, and it's all just to justify why we're putting a bunch of tourists yeah. in this adventure. It. But it's similarly to ET. It's like this is a bunch of stuff not in the movie, and that's the thing I like about Universal. I can't. Indiana Jones does it a little bit at Disney, but mm-hmm. 
Disney is much more um, kind of book report, as they the, say. Yes, which is a complaint about a couple. Probably might be the complaint about Little Mermaid. Might be yes. the complaint about uh, the Nemo submarines. Uh, um, although I, th- I think some of you know, I, I like Little Mermaid a lot. Uh, uh, Nemo, I don't know. We can Nemo's get into that okay. Later. We'll talk. But that's the, another uh, episode. But yeah, they're a little maybe because Disney in general, uh, um, as probably also true with the Marvel and Star Wars properties, it's pre- there's less uh, maybe risk in terms of expanding the universe. Uh, whereas Universal will take big old right uh, yeah. strides. Be a little, uh, uh, you know, T two three D similar example where they. The, uh, you don't you have the T one thousand, but then you expanded the T one million, a new yes. invention that's only in the ride. Yes, so uh, that's a good thing. Is mm-hmm. what I'm we saying. like that, but we if like you that. get that stuff wrong, it can be so wrong and so off. But, th- but I also, but I mean, as I said, maybe it was on the last episode where I was saying, like, I, at a certain point, even if it's bad, I like it. Like, mm-hmm. I will say this: like the ET pl- Green Planet doesn't make any sense. I, it doesn't mm-hmm. make sense to ET. He looks totally different than these happy characters. Like. But it's great, and now it's just yeah. canon. So even if it's mm-hmm. bad, eventually it's good, and especially if you yeah. were a kid when you saw it, it's good. <laughs> yeah, it is automatically good. But yeah, so the so the the basic premise of this doc has opened the Institute of Future Technology from which he can run uh, a time travel test. But other tech, you get to see in the line like examples of you know hover bikes and other uh, other technologies yeah. that he's exploring. I love that in the line that you see the office numbers where everybody works in the Institute of Future Technology. And it's a lot of like obscure names, probably the names of people who worked on the ride, but then also like Benjamin Franklin Mm -hmm. and Thomas Edison and Leonardo da Vinci. They all work somehow out of this facility. This, this is a thing. So I, I was just looking, there's a whole, I forget We'll we'll tweet a link to, there's somebody who put all of this together, the ride, the queue, the video, like the pre-show video. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's like an hour long YouTube video. I watched all of it today. Oh, of course. (laughs) And the first thing I'll say is you're mentioning that and there's a lot of like great like fake newsreel footage of Doc going Mm -hmm. back in time and like hanging out with uh, Edison and the Wright. He's at the first uh, plane flight. The Wright brothers. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh, Beatles. He's he's at the Beatles, which this doesn't make any sense because the Beatles came to America in 1964 Uh (laughs) and Marty goes back in time into 1955. Mm -hmm. So like they're acting like it's all part of the same thing where doc is like traveling through time, but I don't know why he went back. I guess maybe he didn't know the Beatles would be a thing as a thing, right? He just, just, go see them. That's what I'm saying. It seems like the doc just kind of wandered into the Beatles press conference. And then I think the joke is concerned with like disrupting the space time. This is my point next to the Beatles. This is my point. He's he's in the movies. He's very worried about like, you cannot. And that's part of the ride is they're sending teams to different time periods. They went to in the movies just to make sure everything's copacetic. They're sending future Institute, Yes, uh, employees to check yeah, out constantly, and he's hanging out with famous people. So I, the only thing I would criticize maybe about in this pre-show is there should be a, a thing where Doc realized that when he when all this like time traveling that they did in these movies that didn't really matter very much. So who cares? Yeah, go back in time, fuck around. It doesn't really matter. It didn't change the time stream that much. It's who cares? a more lax Doc, and also yeah. in the end of part three, Doc has vowed to destroy the yes. time machine. No more experiments. Although I guess the time train is an indicator yeah. that he is reversed that decision he is going to travel through time with his wife Clara and his two creepy sons the boy who points at his dick if you haven't seen that YouTube video 
uh, or if you if you you guys know this, right? I just heard about this. Like did we we didn't talk about this last week, did we? I don't believe so. I Boy, heard about no, it no. in the last week, though, oh, for weird. whatever reason. Either Jules or Vern. I don't know about this, this actually. Weird, oh my god! My, oh, look it up. Yeah, well, just look. Just Google "creepy kid." Back to the future. <laughs> Sorry to if that child has grown and a good uh, dude now. I would but, hope uh, they're grown. You were creepy as a kid, and uh, he. I think it's he does this bizarre gesture where he points down to his crotch and then does a kind of like come hither gesture and it's in the movie as you're pushing in on doc kind of saying his final like and the future is what you make of it there's this kid pointing at his dick it's really really weird and uh, which i which my wife are weird man little kids are weird i think he had to pee i think is what i think he was telling someone off camera that was the best take they got (laughs) somehow but in the other ones he just yells i gotta pee um, or or started peeing. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> that's like a trick when you go to like child acting schools. Like if you have to pee, you signal to the uh, first AD <laughs> like this. <Whoa. laughs> point here and then wave <laughs> anytime. If it's in the take, it's fine. So yeah, so Doc is like real casual now about time travel. So I would have mm-hmm. loved like a. Uh, him explaining like that nah, doesn't really matter. We we just I'm just having the time of my life hanging out with cool these old out, celebrities. Man. It's my retirement years. Fuck them rules. Uh, uh, you said though he says he's gonna just get rid of the time machine and stuff, but they zoom off, right? They the time train zooms off. At yeah, the end of that I, third I think movie. the he, what I'm saying they zoom is, off to go fuck around somewhere. He says he's gonna destroy destroy the time machine. By the time he shows up with the time train, maybe that's an indicator oh, that he's yeah. reversed that. Right? Philosophy. Maybe that's that's true. That's a good point. Because why would you build the time train? I guess it's sort of like in Breaking Bad, you know, Mike tells Walt, no more half measures. Mm -hmm. And then everything Mike does is half measures. People Mm -hmm. have a pattern. So I guess if I think about it, Doc constantly tells people not to fuck with time, but he built a time machine. So Mm -hmm. he's always going to fuck with time. I guess that's really, I guess there doesn't need to be an explanation. I guess I've solved the problem that I presented. Uh, Doc is always going to mess with the time stream. By butterfly effect uh, logic, any, if he running over a blade of grass with the DeLorean would have some effect on something. Of course. There's no way he's making it out. uh, Yeah. uh, Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it's fun. Time travel is now just fun and and (laughs) they present it in this really great way and I I forgot sort of all about this is they do a a newsreel called Doc on the March, Mm -hmm. which is like the same kind of bit as the Indiana Jones ride, which is an old style newsreel and it's black and white footage and they use like stock footage of like 60s things and like they show what Doc has made his inventions. Like it's all this history of Doc and it's great. I I was so delighted watching it. Loved that Um, as a kid. And that kind of film style, that was like tougher to do. And it was this is pre Forrest Gump, like uh, you know, yes, inserting yeah. a actor oh, yeah. into the old footage was pretty crazy. Uh, so kudos to you know, in general, I'm sure we'll keep coming back to it. Besides the ride film itself, which is incredible, all of the pre-show materials are so great, and there is so much of it. There's a half yeah, hour's so worth of pre-show material. And credited uh, one of the first gigs, credited to Peyton Reed, director of Iron Man or Ant Man and Ant Man and the Wasp. The <laughs> Upcoming Ant Man and the Wasp. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I Down with Love, him. a director of uh, Bring It On, some of the last season of Mister Show, some of the best sketches they ever did. Yeah, uh, uh, I, I think he even. I, I remember hearing an interview with him, and he talked about how like they they really did give them a lot of freedom on this ride. And I feel like he may have also directed some of the pre-show Q yeah, segments. He's not credited. Wrote it though. Uh, uh, but yeah, is credited as, as writer. Um, also wrote and directed the 
making of the Back to the Future trilogy with Kirk Cameron that was included as a bonus VHS Ooh. in the four pack that I bought at Universal Studios wow. the first time I went on the ride because there was a Back to the Future specific store and I right. st- boy it's another cherished uh, childhood memory I, I still got those tapes kicking around what an insane markup that must have had <laughs> oh yeah I'm sure yeah it must have been yeah like a hundred and nine dollars in yeah. 1995 yeah <laughs> um, yeah so there's just so much material um, and I, I mean I was writing notes down but it's like we can't get through all of it um but there's good there's like there's funny jokes and it's still like yeah. there's yeah. like these weird inventions he made uh the flapjack maker there's like something where you can you can bronze shoes and bronze your wife's hat and then it says like and there's like just old footage of like somebody getting blasted in the head with bronze <laughs> like some stock footage they must have found he has a bizarre like hair puff up and uh, yeah and uh, invention i yeah. wrote it uh it's static the head static hair chair so the way you would cut your hair is like it would make your hair stand up and then they would cut it easier. And it looks like this was maybe actually a weird invention someone made and they just attribute it to Doc. Oh, yeah. It was like like kooky old House of the Future yeah. kind yeah. of. Um, like those like that weight loss machine that would just jiggle you. Yeah, with yeah, that yeah. Sure, around, sure. Whatever that's called. Good for Doc, though. He's like yeah. run, running Doc. through time. making like he's, he's, he's a crackpot when you meet him who nobody's heard of and he's distrusted <laughs> by this local principal. And then now he is beloved by the world. Hanging with the Beatles, yes. hanging with all the greatest inventors of all time. Which is a movie I would have liked to see. A 90s yeah. movie where Doc yeah. was hanging with... Like, just take Marty out of the equation. and just It's Doc hanging out. Mm-hmm. Just and where Doc to, goes, like, back just far enough to kind of hang around Steve Jobs, hear the idea, <laughs> take it, come back, do his own keynote in, you know, sure. uh, 2000, right before yeah, he gets the jump on the iPod, on the iPad. Doc and the black iPhone. turtleneck. Uh-huh. Yeah, I think that's great. He got the whole thing. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, this ride has, uh, I think, one of one of my favorite, at, like, legitimately solid jokes in a theme park attraction when the ride is over and you are exiting the room. Uh, they, you can hear Doc going, hurry up, get out before you meet yourself coming in. Like that's oh, man. <laughs> such a solid time travel joke. Like the, the ride really does a great job of capturing the humor of the movies. Like the, the basic premise of why the Institute of Future Technology is there is Doc's going to do a test where he's going to send you one day into the future because any more than that would be a uh, too much of a of a shock to the system right um but that but un- until things go terribly awry thing goes uh, yeah because uh, I, I think we said earlier but uh doc has sent his employees to the different time periods they visit in the movies to make sure everything is copacetic after uh you know he had been there mm-hmm. and 1950s biff uh, stows away yeah. in with the 1955 team and Ooh. now comes to the future and he has a vendetta. Right, uh, which is this this sort of is the least making sense part of the ride in my mind. Yeah, why is yeah. it specifically 1950s Biff? Because there's multiple Biffs you could choose from. He's like, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's an older, disheveled guy uh, in, in 1985 and then he's, a bitter old man in 2015. And then the current day is the Trump Biff. Yes. Who is certainly yeah, yeah. like a savvier person. And like that's the alternate 1985, which, by the way, as we record this, uh, 
essentially Biff Tannen is giving his presidential <laughs> State of the Union. For yeah, the that's that's happening tonight. We, we live in the, oh, deep into the alternate 1985. A worse uh, Biff is giving his State of the Union. That a little, is our president. Kind of a little more street smart and crafty than Biff Tannen. Yeah. This, but this guy, true. he pulled off, it was, you know, but something maybe a young Trump would have done is stow away <laughs> in, the, uh, in an early iteration of the Institute of Future Technology. Mm-hmm. And to yeah. do what? To go on, he says, I'm going to take it on a little joyride. But what's yeah, really it doesn't really it's not I don't I can't it's just gonna cause chaos this, I guess. yeah so he stows away in a DeLorean that's doing like a routine checkup now it seems like Doc is running cars and time machines just to go to he's got a to shit up. ton of DeLoreans yeah, yeah because he doesn't take the one of the new eight passenger DeLoreans which is what he's showing off to right. to us the audience uh, he the eight passenger convertible DeLorean as he points out there's a couple of mods to the DeLorean that we're getting on but Biff is just on an old fashioned regular yes. one which is also sitting around the institute and he's able to like override all of this technology he locks Doc in his own office a bunch of bars drop down he overrides Whatever security right. system is in place at the Institute. He, Biff is just some sort of technological genius all of a sudden. There's a joke mm-hmm. just how stupid he is in Back to the Future. The old Biff can't do literally anything right. He doesn't know how to speak very well. But he yeah. goes to 1990 and <laughs> is able to override security. Like he's There's a part where he sprays paint on a over a security camera, but like... That concept there, wouldn't have been introduced in the 50s, right? When did security cameras first catch on? Or they were really archaic. Or they were yeah. really, like, like to see yeah. one tilting back and forth. I mean, maybe he's thinking one step ahead. Oh, of course, security cameras are uh, more technologically advanced now. But uh, I don't know. Don't, say, don't go over to that Cafe 80s. Don't go meet that uh, Reagan and Ayatollah hologram. <laughs> or that'll really freak you out, yeah. 50s Biff. There's also a section where he talks to the audience via a security camera which i don't think they explain yeah because like doc has a two-way camera to talk to the yeah. tourists but biff uh is like always just looks in a security camera and goes well tourists are out here and then it's mm-hmm. like come on guys this and is the, a- security cameras don't traditionally capture uh <laughs> audio uh sometimes either uh but it's the, uh, inst- I guess but it's the future technology, future technology yeah. yeah uh um yeah there's a really funny uh like piece of universal uh like promotional video where he says into the security camera what are you looking at butthead and it cuts to a full audience like ha 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 ha, ha. like like big old <laughs> laugh at just what are you looking at butthead uh um, which is as one of his classic lines but it's not for, in a ride that has like literal jokes that one's not particularly a right. joke uh although i i always love the you know like the the screen door in a battleship those like those j- those jokes and insults that biff gets wrong i think that's a very funny thing from the movies in this one he says he before unleashing a bunch of ball bearings, just a bunch of marbles go on the floor, and he trips up the security guards. He says, "Have have a nice trip. Trip. See you next winter." And they yes, see that's you next a solid fall. again, solid jokes in yeah. this ride. Yeah, pretty good. I like. There's something about. Uh, I think the, the the not just in the ride, but in the films themselves, the Back to the Future comedy I think is is fairly timeless, and I think yeah. uh, I think it, some of it survives better than we've talked about, like 
comedy and rides going stale very quickly. Yeah, yeah. And I, there's something about it's like not hard funny enough, but it's like classic enough and multi generational enough that this stuff still works. Well, Doc is uh, Christopher Lloyd is the greatest mugger of all time. Also, it's just uh-huh. yeah. mugging is funny if it's done by a person who's good at it. Absolutely. And Christopher Lloyd is the best in the business. He, I think people don't talk about how great Christopher Lloyd is enough. I oh think, yeah, as a kid, I loved him in uh, Camp Nowhere. Remember <laughs> Camp Nowhere, the fake su- the movie where they make a fake summer camp. He's, he's Uncle Fester. Great. He's he's uh, Jim Mignatowski on Taxi. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's great on all of these things, even stuff that's bad. It's like, well, he's very watchable, and he mugs and like mugging is a comedy language that transcends generations and countries. It, and there, there's yeah, a, yeah, they work. This had to work in America and Japan, yeah. and I'm I'm sure and his it did. face is funny. Yeah. He makes funny faces. There's a really good one in the ride where he like he's kind of be like like shuddering through the bars just like oh tannin yeah 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 yeah. Uh, uh, yeah and it could be horrible with a worse actor doing it but like the bigness of christopher lloyd yes just uh really yeah. worked he's 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 like one of those classic adam westy guys where the uh uh he he pulled off broad so well i feel like there's a self-awareness uh uh to the humor in the ride too which definitely gets heightened well, even sh- more with the replacement because the simpsons ride is the most like takes so many pot shots it's so self-aware it's a ride uh also self-aware uh da- animated doc brown shows up in the pre-show queue of the simpsons ride yes but right. we should save that we'll for the save simpsons that for the episode. simpsons episode but, but it is i think very we're nice. not doing i was simpsons. so delighted yeah. to see yes, that, that, that is they true. like handed off the keys essentially and you get to see seeing a simpsonized doc brown is a lot of fun and seeing him interact with professor frank and two of the funniest scientists and, you know uh, and, uh, and christopher oh, yeah. lloyd's voice Chris, yeah, yeah, yeah yeah not a sound alike very cool uh um, did christopher lloyd do the voice on the cartoon no it's dan castellanetta it is yeah really is that really wow, yeah, really? it is <laughs> That's he crazy. And as the genie, and now I f- he replaced Robin Williams like, as the genie here and there, and then he played uh, Doc Brown in the cartoon. Crazy. That seems like I set you up for that perfectly, I but know, I did but not know did. the answer to it. I was wow. very surprised because he he has done the voice in other stuff, like other he's video in, games and stuff. Yeah. Um, um, so yeah, yeah, yeah that's a, that's a nice little nod. Oh, he's to Doc it. Brown in the Seth MacFarlane the Western movie, I believe. They like they open a door and he's like an old blacksmith. He's in Old West. Oh, a million ways to die in the West. There you go. Couldn't oh my remember. god! Yeah. All right, because he becomes a blacksmith in the third mm-hmm, movie. What mm-hmm. an odd nod to the other universal western comedy yeah yeah they all tie together uh um well god what what else i mean there's so much he was i just to say jason was saying there's a lot of it's like very self-referential in the one of the pre-show videos i think it's when he's in the future he's like look at the Zemeckis scale diagram oh yeah and like they just like there's not any subtlety to that reference and when you're in the delorean you can see a little graph that says uh, Zemeckis gale coordinates which those are the two yes uh uh, creators Mm. and screenwriters of the back to the future franchise some a a little reference that i understood when i was Uh 10 or whatever and felt like a good goody (laughs) little two shoes like does everyone else in the car get this i know who gale and Zemeckis are that's funny because i i don't know that a lot of people would know bob gale uh but Mm. i think uh Mechis is on the level where, like, oh, I know he's a Hollywood guy. Like, you know, sure. I but feel like 90s, my parents would know. Early nine or late not, late eighties, oh, early nineties. Oh yeah, not maybe not. Much. Probably as the nineties went on. Maybe. He hadn't yeah, had yeah, Polar Express yet. He hadn't had these <laughs> Beowulf. Beowulf. The he hadn't uh, the Wire. White Man on Wire. Right. 
He made that? I believe so. Oh, or, yeah. the That's the documentary, but the, uh, the film. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. It's, that's yeah. the uh, real version. Yeah, we do our research, damn it. Sorry. No more three stars. Um, <laughs> I'm just going to keep haranguing that single review. <laughs> that single three Even though stars. we've had worse reviews since, but that was the first one and the worst yeah. one. It stings the most. I mean, it doesn't sting. I don't care. I don't care at all. Uh, uh, all right. Well, elsewhere in the research that we've done about this, right, there is so much to talk about. Uh, uh, okay. So you're also, you're, there's the video, you're, you're moving through so many rooms and watching different videos in all of these rooms. You're also introduced by, to a woman who uh, is kind of a receptionist, like uh, a representative somehow of the Institute of Future Technology, played by an actress, Darlene Vogel, who is also Spike, the female member of Griff's gang in, mm-hmm. in 2015. Griff is Back Biff's to the son, uh, or wait, no, grandson. grandson excuse I me. Believe. Excuse yeah, me. Yeah, 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 no, yeah. it's grandson. Oh, uh, yeah, uh, yeah. Did you finish watching my car, Gramps? Um, yeah, I'm such a. Where do you guys land on Back to the Future in terms of favorite movie? I'm such a Back to the Future two. Yeah, person. I was well, a big Back to the Future two kid. Yeah. I think that we're all Tomorrowland kids, mm-hmm. and I think Future always won. So when I was yeah. a kid, I was always very big on like two is the best. And my mom would always be like, two isn't the best. Like, the first one's obviously the best. And I'd be like, yeah, but two is cool. And you go to the future. And then I think you were the one who pointed out, like, a year or two ago, like, they're in the future for, like, 10 minutes and two. Yeah, yeah. So there's not they much through future. It. They sort of have to And they spend most it. of two in the in the 50s. <laughs> like, yeah. They, it's a, it's kind of even of thirds. Each other. You're in alternate 1985. You're in our oh, yeah, yeah, Trump yeah. world. And then you're in uh, 1950. You're back in the first movie. But, but I love that... Uh, I, I love that bizarre 80s by way of future for sure a big oh, influence yeah. on the show I got to do Mobeep City this this like crazy neon pastel clash of 80s and future I could I like so so to I, I could just swim in that forever so to go that there is a ride where you get to go into uh, night in, into to, to this bizarre 2015 into it's very it's kind of, it's more specifically a back to the future 2 ride than any of the other movies yes. really i think that yeah i think as a kid as a kid i did not care for the old west which totally different mm-hmm. now i love the old west but sure. as a kid three was like fine but i was sort of bored because it was old west two i think just because of the future stuff always was my favorite i think you probably have to give it up for one being the best movie as a movie that stands on its own and I it like work so. it's like it's almost perfect, perfect i mean there's a bunch of creepy stuff and, and like yeah two is two is great but like two yeah, it's I a don't big know. weird it's, mess. Two there's, is there's the hoverboard. Like, I mean, yeah, as all, a kid, there's so I would many take... good stuff. There's a lot of iconography from yeah. that. I think, as we were saying earlier, the Ray, the Rainbow I, had. I love and the, the big Pepsi weird and... mess nature of it. I like that yeah. it's sort yeah, of yeah. scattered and all, and there's stuff that works and stuff that doesn't work. Oh yeah, and as you, yeah, there, there's so much bizarre technology. The pizza. Uh, uh, oh, the pizza hut. It's great. There's two ties yeah. when he's talking to needle uh, <laughs> flea when he's talking to needles. Uh-huh, that two ties on television channel or that multi channel. TV that he's watching. The fax machine. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. Uh, You're fired, Fujitsu-san. Here is a a fact about me. When I was a kid, like, I was a big action figure kid. I really liked action figures, playing with them uh, and buying them. And they they were all pretty... When action figures first really, like, hit hit a boom in the 90s. I mean, I guess they'd been around for a little while, but they all came with this very thin cardboard backers. And I would take the big ones of those and, like, try to, like, push myself around on the carpet like it was a hoverboard because they, they were always very smooth glossy cardboard so like they would slide a, a, around carpet not very far mm-hmm. but they didn't make the hoverboard until like some f- f- fucking 20 years later people are spending 300 dollars on hoverboard replicas or whatever real but 
They're which, still not which real. They, the, but the current hoverboards light on fire very much in the way that a lot of Doc Brown inventions do. That's true. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Even it, within the ride, they kind of reprise the joke from the first movie where he's got a little complicated model that he downplays and says, you know, forgive the, uh, yes, yeah. uh, the it, crudity of this. And then, yeah, he, he sets up a car and goes, catches on fire. Right. Trying um, to scare you that you're going to burst into flames on the right uh-huh and there's a lot like i i was very nervous about this right us uh, as always us being frady cat kids i was very nervous about this ride the first time and almost every time really because you uh you end up in this little this tiny waiting room once you get split off into the little eight person groups the room that you go into right before the ride begins is very small and claustrophobic and it shakes like crazy because you're right next to the ride and the ride mechanism do you guys remember this yeah, yeah well sure. it's still, it still happening still now on the simpsons, simpsons ride yeah. oh does it, they, they didn't uh, diminish the, the shake yeah no way. there's no, no way to diminish that shake because it really feels like you're getting bombed while you're yeah, in that little you're room like it's really six, creepy isn't it six yeah. or eight feet from a massive hydraulic arm Mm-hmm. Right, so the uh, thing keeps jerking around, and there's like tw- twenty. How many cars on this thing? So okay, so there's two IMAX domes, and each one has twelve cars. Well, in are it. they called Omni something? Omnimax domes. Omnimax. Omnimax. It's not yes. IMAX. Uh, an interesting thing I found out: the range of movement in either direction of the car is only about two feet. But because you're getting jerked around so much, and it's queued up with like. Uh, different effects and the footage on screen mm-hmm. you think you're really getting thrown around you're re- you the most you can go like uh left to right you know front to back is like two feet of I'm movement really, yeah. feet, really huh but but also the fact that you're in these smaller vehicles that are all looking at the one giant screen like you're you're rocking around um like so much that it because they're smaller the like uh the smaller range of motion does more to you than a star tours cabin does oh that's yeah a bigger room yeah uh, uh so you have uh, i don't know yeah in, in, a, in a smaller car you're feeling those jerks and movements right. a lot more and there's something to the open because it's open air like star tours is a closed vehicle and like it's being open air almost feels like when i was a kid or even now in the simpsons you kind of feel like you could fly out of it a little bit like mm-hmm. you could fly yeah. out of the car <laughs> in terms of uh, uh motion rides looking at screens i think this is the cream of the crop like i prefer yeah. this much more to like a moving theater or even the minion ride. I guess the minion uh, uh, ride is is separate cars, but you can mm-hmm. see them all. In this, it's kind of designed so you can just see. I mean, if you are on the edge and you lean out of the <laughs> the car opening a little, you can see the other cars around you. Yeah, ideally, like you are just seeing the screen. Yes. Like you yeah. are not looking at the other cars. And that screen is so immersive that it's going in all direct. Like if you look up, it's all the way above you. It's, it, you know, because it's yes. a fisheye shaped screen. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's all directions. I mean, it's still, it's sort of the same, like the newest version of this is the avatar ride. Oh yeah. Yeah. Is that, no, I haven't been on that ride yet. Is that a curved screen? Is that like, uh, does that uh, uh, I have envelop not, you like the, like the Soren rides do it, but more so uh-huh. I have not looked into exactly what the shape of the screen is, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> uh, but it is another one where like, if you really kind of crane your neck to the right, you see like, Oh, uh, the, the illusion gets broken a little bit. Sure, um, but sure. it is like the, it's the, it's the 
latest version of this, basically. Right, right. Well, uh, if I could talk a little about the some of the technology uh, involved in this ride, because like I think until I was doing research in the last couple of days, I don't think I appreciated like what a step forward this ride was and what a step oh, forward for the, sure. the film was itself. So the fact that it is all right, so yeah, it's OmniMax screens, which is it is that is a part of IMAX apparently. Now they call it IMAX Dome, but the idea that you're looking at 70 millimeter footage shot in a fisheye way, so that it's it's an image that totally wraps all around you, uh, uh, up up down left right uh, uh, and this had only been used in museums up until this point uh, uh, you know I think like at Carnegie Mellon there was this giant IMAX facility yeah, the Franklin Institute in Philadelphia uh, oh. uh, had a huge huge IMAX okay. uh, and uh, yeah IMAX now it's just IMAX work large format screen if we're not using copyrighted terms uh-huh. uh, are just everywhere we're like we can walk to an IMAX screen from where we're recording <laughs> yes but, but is like, it a real it's one? It's not a full, like, IMAX, uh, though. It's it's yeah. good oh, and it's okay. high def, but it's not, like, the full. Yeah. The cl- No, we but could walk to Universal saying. City Walk, if that's what oh, you're saying. Yeah, that is a real IMAX say. screen. Uh, that's one of the uh, giant ones, But yes. there's a one in Burbank. Yeah, there's one in Burbank. Yeah. Um, Spoiler alert, we're recording in Burbank. Recording in Burbank. Uh, Fabulous uh, Burbank. But um, they, uh, I mean, when, when they went to test it, like, they had to take foam cars to an IMAX in, in Canada? Is that right? I read something about this. Wait, I'm not sure about oh, this. Oh, yeah, yeah. It was yeah. from a World's Fair. It was, uh, oh. uh, they had a leftover giant screen from the World's Fair in Canada. Yeah. Vancouver. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So they were, <clears throat> so Universal made the deal with OmniMax to take this this technology that had only been used in an educational way, basically, and be the first to use it for entertainment. Now it's the same technology that's used in Soaring Over California or Soaring Over the World. This is the first use in a theme park setting. Uh, uh, so they made this deal with OmniMax, started building the theaters, bought the projector. It is all happening. The deal is in place. And then they start running tests of a separate movie, not the one that we all uh, know and love today, but there was another uh, ride film made by a different director named Richard Edland and they were filming they were like testing out dailies of this thing at this Vancouver location mm-hmm. and whenever with like a little mock-up DeLorean but the tests went really badly and people were getting nauseous and just like the the, oh. the screen itself there were a, a lot of problems with like you didn't know where to look it was very disorienting uh you know like uh, uh, f- showing footage in these kind of theaters is really insane because it's this it's this massive dome. So if there's a really bright object up in the upper right, the light refracts all over the room and messes up the lighting on the rest Whoa. of the screen. Uh, uh, so there, so there, so people are getting nauseous. There's weird lighting issues. Uh, uh, the ride's going very badly. Universal knows they need to make a change, so they reach out to a, uh, a director named Douglas Trumbull, who ended up directing the, the final film. Let me consult my notes here, but Douglas Trumbull. Uh, 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 he, he's like this amazing optical effects artist who worked yeah. on 2001: A Space Odyssey, Close Encounters. Uh, Blade Runner Tree of Life much later uh, directed this bizarre movie Brainstorm with Christopher Walken in the 80s he's just like this like if you that he did that crazy space travel sequence in Mm -hmm. 2001 Uh, right uh, yeah just incredible pioneer of Mr. like the practical effects and like all like the cool images from all these films before digital was digital effects were so uh, prevalent yeah yeah and I wouldn't pretend (laughs) to know how to describe all this stuff but it's all but it's it's all like like giant uh, giant cells are being printed out and like hand painted to make effects like what you see in close encounters yeah. and blade runner and 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 that's that's what got me you're talking about tech on this ride mm-hmm. the footage the ride footage 
is all practical. It's all miniatures. Yes. Like, there's no CGI. It gets CGI had. It was just a few years away from catching yeah. on. But, like, they... There are no computer effects yeah. in this ride. This is a bonkers is wild. fact about this thing. Even though you're smashing through signs and, like, there's big time warp tunnels. It's stop motion. It, yeah. yeah. It's yeah. crazy. If you've ever seen, like, there's, like, one Star Wars, they were making Star Wars, like, there's these just, they made the Death Star mm-hmm. and they were just shooting little X-Wings. <laughs> and, like, that's sort of what this is, like, when you see the videos. Because there's a couple different, there's some video, like, I, I watched about this this gentleman mm-hmm. uh, and they're showing a lot of like pictures from the the, the making of it yeah and yeah, it's yeah. all just models it's all just and they're crazy. all gigantic like yes. uh, we, we haven't really talked about the the structure of this ride too much but basically but if you if you don't know it first you're in the uh, you follow Biff into the future you're in 2015 then you end up in the ice age you're going through these giant uh, uh, ice caverns and you end up uh, encountering a, a big dinosaur and uh, going down like a lava fall basically and if you look at behind the scenes photos and I'm sure we'll post some of these it is in these are gigantic sets there is an overhead of that dinosaur set and it goes on forever and ever and ever because they had to build the dinosaur that was big enough to swallow the camera uh, uh, which like <laughs> I often wonder going on it is this like a weird little puppet dinosaur but I didn't know till the last few days it's it is it's it's a motion controlled gigantic rig uh, a creature that That's they could crazy. fit that camera into and what's really bizarre is they had to build the, the IMAX camera that they ended up building was only a foot wide uh, uh, even though it's you're looking at it is creating images that are being projected in beautiful quality at seven stories. It's only a foot because it had to fit through all that these miniatures crazy. and go into a dinosaur's mouth. Uh, um, so anyway, the like the situation with Doug Trumbull, he comes in and says, well, this technology that you're using, the Omnimax, you know, this is really bad for this ride for this reason and this reason. I think you should bail on that. And Universal says, too late. We are building the buildings. <laughs> we have the projector. We are not changing that. It's too late to change that. So he has to pitch out a new version of the ride uh, uh, that makes use of this technology that's extremely clunky and bizarre. And his main pitches are... Uh, as I said, you can't have, you know, like we- weird, uh, you know, weird bright thing flying by on one end of the screen and flying away to the other. You need like uh, like focal points, basically, and even lighting, which is why so much of the ride is at night. It's why it's all at night or you're in like the ice room or the lava room and that's all even. But it's also why it's a chase because Biff is like a single point to focus on. Yeah, so he brought that idea of chase Biff, bump him, keep him in your view. That is so that you have one thing to focus on so you aren't noticing bizarro strobing on one side of the camera or the other. Yeah, so... Getting bugged out by shit and getting nauseous. So the narrative of the ride is that to get Biff back to the present, Mm -hmm. you need to bump him with your car. You have to bump him. At 88 miles per hour, which will create a, a time vortex. We'll send you back to the institute. Both vehicles hurtling back to the institute. Uh, uh, Sending you flying through a sign that says back to the future. Once you ultimately do it. (laughs) And this is one of my other odd bones to pick about this ride. Why are you, why do you burst through a scene? Why do you burst through a screen that says back to the future? Like they, the movie is not the, like the characters are not aware of the back to the future logo. Uh, uh, no, you know, 
Like, why wouldn't it say Institute of Future Technology? Yeah, I don't know. That doesn't make any sense. Uh, I haven't um, seen anything. I was looking through that, and I was like, there's no real explanation. Yeah. As much as it is very cool to fly through that logo, because it's a badass logo. Uh, um, But but anyway, the the other thing, I I glossed over this, that this was the new plot uh, added by Doug Trumbull. But do you guys know about the old plot? Uh, I I saw a little bit about this. The old plot was that you were going over scenes from the movies. Is that right or no? I've heard several reports. There is that. There's conflicting information. Yes, apparently. They considered a roller coaster very early on, and they're like, oh, shit, this goes too fast. You can't tell a story with a roller coaster. Uh-huh. Nowadays, they've slowly started figuring out how to combine show scenes and roller coasters, and I think uh, oh yeah yeah, yeah we'll start to yeah see you can like more. sort of stop a roller coaster car on a dime a little go, better. Yeah. Things like the mummy, uh, you can actually have scenes in a roller coaster. Yeah. but yeah yeah, right. wouldn't have, it would have yeah you would have just uh, so what, passing by big arrows and clocks. Yeah, what, in the so, what, so what did you read? Because I read it was okay. like you would kind of float go over like different uh, scenes from the three movies. Uh, Apparently, and this is this is pretty this is validated by a little press release that was put out in the hmm. uh, in the L.A. Times. Uh, among other things, these are things that would have happened in the ride. You'll catapult to Kitty Hawk for a run-in with the wow. Wright brothers. Rocket to Venice for a brush with Da Vinci. Whoosh through Niagara Falls. These are things stated to interesting uh, this is what would have and i believe some of this stuff was filmed i think this is what they were testing in vancouver and this is what was bugging people out like you got the wright brothers in a kooky old plane flying left to right flying all over the frame and people like got sick trying to follow them a a couple things on that one uh uh, sort of similar to what would go in soren like going through like or by Mm -hmm. giant waterfalls sure the other thing is like that is sort of much more Along the lines of what we're talking about in the queue and the pre-show stuff, like meeting great famous meeting inventors. famous people yeah, through yeah. history. It's but it weird... makes more sense when you're looking at that pre-show material. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, and it's also, there's a weird, I guess it's like Da Vinci and a flying machine and the Wright brothers because they had to think of flying stuff mm-hmm. they right. to get a bunch of shit whizzing around but it, like, yeah i think it was doc brown goes to stop hitler or something like <laughs> right, right. doc brown and biff stops him <laughs> biff, biff wants hitler to succeed Biff uh, and hitler oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. as a proponent of evil he doesn't yeah. want to crush hitler's legs with the delorean <laughs> uh christopher lloyd back in this thomas f wilson who played biff is back in it as well yeah. and great as always uh-huh. uh, very funny he's fantastic yeah yeah he's, he's really really funny in this uh uh here let, let me also show you so th- this notion of this this version of the ride also validated by this concept art we'll post this on the twitter this is from studiotour.com look at this crazy thing you got flying machines. You got wow. uh, you got the DeLorean going down a waterfall. You do have a dinosaur, which didn't end up in the final ride, and a pterodactyl. And this is another thing you can Google. They built this pterodactyl. You can like buy really? a pterodactyl built used in an unused version of the Back to the Future. Wow. Ride. Uh, uh, and you've also got look up here. Here's another it's like bizarre a thing. Blade Runner kind of cityscape. Yes. What is that? You've got a some future building that looks like my favorite. Uh, building in the world, the Weston Bonaventure downtown. <laughs> this amazing like pod building with all, with rotating restaurants at the top. It looks exactly like that. And there's a bunch of weird blimps flying around. Yes, I, I read oh. about the blimps. Mm-hmm. Oh, I read about the blimps. <laughs> yes. There was some sort of preoccupation with blimps in an original version of this ride. Uh-huh. Uh, and no one knows why, or do you know why? I, I don't know. Don't know why. They're just people. They're, they're flying things. Might they as well noted. I think that they noted in that yet. is a go-to trope. I feel like for like a world similar to ours, but not quite. Most versions of Gotham City 
in Batman comics or movies or TV shows, there's a bunch of fucking blimps mm-hmm. floating around. Even, like I said, Blade Runner, not quite blimps, but there's like some weird floating shit about the city. Yeah, yeah. Also in the music video for the Spice Girls, Spice Up Your Life. Uh, there's yep. a bunch of big blimps <laughs> flying around. So also the Spice Girls also uh, uh, into uh, futuristic uh, okay. Sky Captain aerial technology. in the World of Tomorrow, a oh, much sure. maligned movie that I blimp? saw in theaters and enjoyed. Hey, huh? It's not Indiana a, Jones, a decent ride. Yeah, three. There's a blimp, but that's a historical blimp. Oh yeah, that's, exactly. a, that's yeah. a blimp of the. Uh, mm, I guess it's not really a blimp then. It's a uh, zeppelin. A zeppelin. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But let me point out one more thing about this concept art, and I hope uh, on Twitter you can go go to our Twitter as you're listening to this to see what we're talking about. Uh, uh, but. Uh, note one thing about this concept art. Doesn't Doc look bizarre? He looks like the Joker. He looks like Jack Nicholson Joker he to me. Looks yeah. like, uh, the, he looks like Beetlejuice. Like he looks like ah. Beetlejuice. I feel like there's a... He's got his arms similar, widespread, yeah, looks, an evil yeah. glint in his evil. eye. Which there's likely Beetlejuice in that brochure you were showing us earlier. Yeah, uh, which yeah. we can also take some pictures of and, and post on the, the Twitter. My tattered old... Bro- if you like tattled Tatter, old, tattered old Tattered old marketing picks. material. Um, so this, this one is not as validated as what I found out about the Wright Brothers and Da Vinci and all that. But according to uh, a Defunct Land, uh, a great video series about old theme park rides, this guy claims... And I couldn't find a second source, but this guy claims that this ride was supposed to have Doc Brown's evil twin brother. Yes, yes, I, oh, see, I saw that too, and that was very. I would have loved that. That's yep. another thing where like they're just making shit up about these this universe because uh-huh. you know that would have been Christopher Lloyd of just course. in a different wig. Mm-hmm. Oh boy, that would it would have had to been like black jumpsuit, black wig. <laughs> I yeah, like that's crazy yeah. black hair. He'd look like Tim Burton. <laughs> just he would look Tim like uh, he would look he like, would look like uh, his character in Roger Rabbit. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, maybe no hair. Maybe that's the opposite. Yeah, maybe oh, that's right. Sure. Brown. Maybe you have no hair. You are not curious. Because uh, right. like, you don't read. You're not into Jules Verne. Oh, he's a Luddite. He's somehow a genius Luddite. <laughs> he doesn't talk like this. He, like, talk Who is upset that his brother is so pro-technology. Right, that would have to be the case. he thinks it's sinful. So also, Doc Brown's evil twin brother is religious. Um, yes. He is just yes, a, a man of faith. Yeah. He's about the Lord. And he faith. thinks Doc Brown is playing God. Yeah, and he wouldn't be wrong. I think if to really to develop a, a villain, he would have to have some interesting points to make. And that think, would be fair to say. I think we go to Zemeckis with this idea, baby. I think this is how we get mm. it back. Okay, so the Institute of Future Technology is up and running. Yes. Uh, Doc Brown is renowned all over the world, but he didn't count on one thing, his evil twin brother uh-huh. uh, uh, showing up. Uh, presumably, I he, like, via horse and buggy, yeah. getting to the Institute of Future Technology, messing up the whole thing. I think he's probably locked his evil brother away in some prison in time somewhere, and his, his brother's gotten out. So now he has a real bone to pick with his oh, brother because yeah. he, he locked like, him away. Him into the, the, like... You know, the like the, the like the days of the plague or something. Well, if may- put him in some weird dungeon and hoping yes. maybe he'd, he'd a, fam- yeah. a little bubonic or like a famous prison. What's the most famous prison? Uh, Alcatraz. Alcatraz. The worst prison in all of time. Sing. Well, but uh, I think you'd have to go back the to you know, whatever Monte the Count of Monte Cristo one on the island. <laughs> I hate to say it, but you're probably going back to to slave times. I think slaves probably had the worst prisons. If maybe. you consider those prisons, I think maybe he maybe he like uh, uh, convinces a slave owner that his b- brother is uh, oh was, on, on a, wait, so you're saying he sells game. his evil brother to slavery? Doc what, sells what his is, evil brother wait, to a slave owner. Uh, here is a dumb question: Is the Bastille a prison or a palace? <laughs> that they st- you store in the Bastille. 
I feel was very it in a theme, If it was not at the theme park, right? We don't know what's irrelevant. I think they left that out of Impressions de France. <laughs> um, a lot of history I ignored think, in World Showcase. I think if we, we can make this now. Doc Brown, one day from retirement, <laughs> he about to hand off the Institute of Future Technology to Sell his young to... protege, oh. Oh, wait Donald for... Glover. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Very All right. popular, right? Very hot right now. Uh, big reboot uh, uh, guy right now, yes. Uh, uh, and, and yeah, and then suddenly evil Doc Brown uh, shows up. Mm-hmm. Hidden away like uh, Rochester's first wife in Jane Eyre. <laughs> That's right. You didn't expect me to drop a literature wow. reference. Wow. Hey. Yeah. There, there wasn't a ride about Jane Eyre, was there? Huh? There's no Jane Eyre ride anywhere. No. Um, <laughs> Maybe an Effeldling. Effeldling, get on that Jane Eyre ride. <laughs> Straight from Jason's There's no Wuthering Heights. There's no, yeah, the great novels are not represented in the theme Yeah, the Wuthering Heights, the spooky house from Wuthering Heights is not show up at Halloween Horror Nights. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a good idea, though. Um, Doc Brown's opposite would have to... Well, I guess his last name is Brown, and he can't help that. But what color is the opposite could, of Brown? If you're looking at a color wheel. Name, though. Uh-huh. Uh, yeah, he opposite. probably changed his own name. He doesn't want to be associated with the, with the Brown family. Yeah, it's not black and white but brown and uh, yellow <laughs> brown <laughs> dark yellow we have to look at a color wheel to figure this yeah. out whatever the opposite I, of brown I would, is i would pitch doc gray uh-huh <laughs> oh, it's not doc perfect opposite good. but dr gray is interesting right and then what's the opposite of being a doctor uh, 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 f- mm. uh, uh, alderman, professor. <laughs> Maybe I'd just be professor Brown. Uh, uh, yeah, professor's just, too just, good though. Pastor, Pastor Gray. Uh, oh, Pastor. Doc Brown's uh, evil twin brother, Pastor Gray. Pastor Gray <laughs> shows up, hopes that the oh, power Pastor of Christ Gray. will. Imagine, uh, uh, like. What if he showed up at the when he first sent Marty back in time, tried to combat the power of the lightning bolt with the power of Christ? Oh, yeah. And you're looking at, like, interdimensional Christ rays coming out mm-hmm. of a cross uh, uh, trying so, to push back that lightning bolt. So Christianity is now real in this, for sure. Like, the Bible is real and the powers he has are real, I guess. I, I mean, think that's, so. I think well, that's fine. I bet it would have to be. that could tie together to the end. Maybe it's a, a Hail Mary, Doc Brown, and Donald Glover travel back in time bring christ himself to present day he says to convince P- pastor gray the the wrongs of his ways there's a reference in the first movie i think he says where you can go back to when christ was, was he says born or does he say the crucifixion oh when yeah because he goes to christmas he goes to no no he doesn't yeah nobody's going to the crucifixion <laughs> we could go to the crucifixion marty but wait, maybe wait. that's maybe that what if uh although would uh, pastor gray use doc would he be able to use doc's technology maybe he wishes to christ that uh, can I get my brother sent back to your crucifixion and get him crucified? Instead of Barabbas, Barabbas gets Barabbas, away. Uh, my favorite biblical character, Barabbas. Yeah, do you choose this man, Jesus of Nazareth, or do you choose <laughs> Doctor Emmett Brown? <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Brown. Uh, the more we talk about this, the more there should have been ten Back to the Future movies oh, where man. they go everywhere. Well, we're not. We don't. Maybe we don't object to there being more movies. We object to them not being done by us. That's fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's hey, good. I did just see today uh, the headline, and I read no further. Uh, Mel Gibson set up to make Passion of Christ sequel <laughs> with original. I think with Caviezel back yeah. as Christ, Caviezel which is is back. Wild again. A wild day. Uh, uh, so. Maybe this happens in that movie. Maybe they're already on top sure. of this. You Jesus traveling to, to the Christ. future. 
Pastor Gray. <laughs> Pastor, Pastor Gray. Gray. Pastor Gray. Finally, the back the back to the passion verse. Is, oh. uh, <laughs> this is the line. Uh, all right. Well, that's a pretty that's a pretty bold expansion of the universe. But later, let's get back to this one that yeah. was actually. Let's get back to some more dry facts. Let's, yeah, let's, yeah, yeah. Uh, let's get back into God's light, for we have strayed so far from it. <laughs> so the OmniMax screens are. Uh, uh, <laughs> I do have some dry facts that I wrote let's down. Some, well, let's back. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, well, well, this actually isn't facts. This is actually uh, uh, Douglas Trumbull. Uh, I was watching an interview with him, him talking about the ride, mm-hmm. and he was upset that the ride was not in forty. It was not forty-eight frames per second, mm-hmm. uh, and he was upset that the screen was not brighter. Which is up until apparently a co- like a month or two ago, the screen remained at this dull level of brightness. It was not Simpsons. that bright. Noticeable in great. the Simpsons. Yeah. Simpsons didn't look great. This thing was not bright enough. Uh, apparently they have re- we have not been to Universal Studios out here yet, but they have brightened the screens finally after hey, that's great. twenty long years. Wow. Um, but this was a problem that that uh, Douglas identified back then. He knew that this thing was not bright enough because when you're projecting this much up on these giant screens, you need it to be very bright. Like that's what the uh, mark of a good IMAX screen is that it's bright and giant. Well, and these screen rides, you gotta replace the screen so often. You, you sure. got to replace the screens. I, I feel like in the past, a lot of the parks have let the screens go too long. With, yeah. uh, they get, hole. They get literal holes. I there think Back to the Future was running yeah. with like creases towards the oh, end. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is the kind of thing where you can't be too sad when a ride is, is retired because you know the new ride will be improved technologically. Sure. You know what's a weird thing about this ride, too? The, the speakers are all behind the screen. A giant wall of speakers mm-hmm. blasting at you. For, so there's like it is So the loud. screen is porous. There's little holes all over the screen that you can't really see. Uh, um, and in addition to that, like Biff and Doc are uh, talking to you on the inside your DeLorean. Is it just like stacks? Does it look like that? Like a when you see like an imagine an 80s like heavy metal band with just stacks of speakers on top? Yeah, or are yeah. They it's just like giant? a cartoon fantasy of, yeah. uh, of a concert. Uh, like like that a demonic rock devil would have. Right. Uh, I bet it's something like that. These screens are, if you've not been on either of these rides, if that's somehow possible, yeah, they are giant. It's, yeah, seven stories. It is like such a, you still, when you go on the Simpsons ride, you hear a gasp when it, you actually get up to the top uh, uh, of the, the fake <laughs> uh, yeah. ladder yeah. that you're climbing on that Simpsons roller coaster. And yeah, it is, it's like pretty jaw dropping and and really fun how they do it in the how they like transition you seamlessly using smoke and fog machines and then suddenly mm-hmm. you're just you're in it you're in this right and probably i'm sure as a kid you're like i can't believe how i had no idea this thing was gonna be this huge uh yeah. i i have some uh dry facts that i Please. think are interesting mm, the drier the better Jason. Uh, <laughs> uh uh so uh both both of these uh uh anaheim or not anaheim uh california and florida both were like delayed. Both like were were delayed in opening. Like the building of both of these took so long. Florida cost forty million dollars, which is the same amount as the budget for Back to the Future Two. California cost sixty million dollars because they had so many issues with the foundation. Uh, now there's a couple things going with both of these buildings. One, when you're building in Orlando, you are building on swampland and you have to deal with that. In California, uh, this building is, for one, built into the side of a mountain. It's a very odd-shaped building. It's built like on top of this Universal City mountain. Mm -hmm. And the other thing is when you build huge buildings in California, there are rollers underneath in the event of an earthquake to allow for the building to shift a little. 
So like any skyscrapers or any buildings of a certain height, there's rollers underneath. So the building can like move a few feet without like the foundation just getting totally mm. fucked. Sure, sure. So uh, yeah, the California one cost 60 million, even more than the Florida one. They messed up the foundation. They started building it and the foundation was off. I think that's right. right. Yeah. That's really crazy. I think we've gotten a lot of emails too. And, and uh, thanks for talking about this because people have been asking when are you guys going to talk more about the foundations of these rides? I think it's okay. interesting. Earth potential for earthquake <laughs> damage. Yeah. Uh, uh-huh. It is kind of crazy that both of these theme parks uh, uh, thankfully survived the uh, the pretty intact in these California the California earthquake of uh, 1994. Mm-hmm. Uh, pretty crazy that there wasn't, you know, like how horrifying if the castle cracked apart or whatever. Oh, sure. Uh, well, yeah. uh, this is a whole side note, but I mean, there's videos of people. I don't know why this is. Uh, a thing that happens i guess but people have like what does the park look like after the apocalypse Ugh. what does this oh, look people like make after that uh, and like video yeah game they make cgi yeah. sort of like what does it look like when like no one lives on earth any like what is doing the land is taken over back by mother nature oh no need uh, i which, remind you biff is our president we this is not something we should be uh <laughs> letting we our minds be, yeah to. yeah because this is very possible it'll be very god but like, yeah, yeah. If, if a if and then there are videos of Disney ripoff parks that the nature is taken that back. nature has taken back Oof, and and China or whatever. Yeah, and there's a, there's a couple different ones. We should post some of there's these. There's one in Japan. There's one in China. Yeah, and they they have like Main Street that's very familiar and like a castle at the end, and it's just like plants and grass that's as tall as your head. And then there's like one like backpack douchebag who's snuck in. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he's like, oh my god, I can't believe I'm here. I'm here finally here. This is so crazy. I can't believe it. And then you're like, just turn it on mute, and then you watch the creepiest <laughs> image. Put your own soundtrack too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's just a cry. a great photographer too who publishes these massive photo books of abandoned places and there are enough abandoned theme parks that he has a book of just abandoned amusement parks and stuff that's, i think he usually gets permission because he's got a pretty that's a good idea I, we should books. probably do that that's a probably so, a good episode now that i'm thinking about abandoned, it. Parks. abandoned parks well yeah someone someone maybe wrote halloween in. maybe that's the spooky Ooh, yeah, episode yes, when we hit the spooky button the the there was one that was pretty much it, it was not doing well there was i believe it eventually had it was a six flags i think when it was occurred but there was one and, that got hit by katrina yeah, and New then Orleans. it was just left to rot uh pretty yes, much in that oh, one there's right. many videos of that and it's it's very it's sad. terrifying and, and the government world was built apparently like that was a spot looked at as a, as a oh, spot oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So Disney world could have been wiped out in katrina jesus jesus <laughs> christ uh yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't think the local governments handled it well either, supposedly. Someone uh, either emailed or tweeted us about like, yeah, you guys should check that out because it's a fascinating story about yeah, that yeah. park and how it was already kind of mismanaged and then it was just pretty much just submerged Left in for water. Dead. Yeah. Can I also say that this uh, this uh, brochure that I keep referring to in the earthquake section, I was struck by the, the headline, Florida's most devastating ride. <laughs> <laughs> that's the city. That's a, oh, a little grim. That's yeah. a, that earthquake thing always hit a little too close to home. I'll, I'll tell you. Uh, I believe. Yeah. Kid in that earthquake. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. You survived. You I, did I survive. Nineteen ninety four. My own. Nineteen ninety four. The ride. Uh, um, okay. What? What? What have we not covered in the in, in the uh, in the, in the drive? Well, let, let's run? do a little bit more of the ride itself. So, yeah. like the video, like the first part, you go through the future. It's uh, Hilldale in the future. Mm-hmm. 
and there's like some fun big neon signs. Um, and I noticed that there's a lot of their idea of the future is that there are like translucent tubes connecting buildings. Oh, That's yeah, a yeah. big feature of oh, them. Like, sure. give me which some is, tube bridges, I mean, I baby. love that. Yeah, I which, love that. Uh, uh, there's there's another crazy thing in uh, in dry fact world uh, that <laughs> the uh, okay so you're shooting on these fisheye cameras where you have a view uh, all all directions around you where do you put lights it is impossible to light this ride because it would be in frame and sure you could today digitally erase the lights but they didn't have they were worried they literally couldn't find an optical printer that would allow them to do effects so the, so all the lights had to be hidden which is why when you're in that zone in the tube zone there's lights in those tubes there's lights in the really? building there's lights oh, on cool. Biff's car right. so so all of the light in this ride is on camera right. and that's also true in the ice section like all the lights are behind the ice and then uh and in the and in the lava uh, section as well uh, uh like the lava is being like the lava is real liquid that's a bizarre thing that is being cycled right. through a big tank that is and it's wild. being blasted with like orange light underneath wow. so when you when you look at this ride through you are seeing all of the lights it is all it is all on camera because they couldn't hide them um, yeah, uh, I remember the, the, uh, the commercial for Universal Studios, all, I think always the dinosaur was the last thing mm-hmm. maybe in the in a lot of those spots. Yeah. Like that was the big when the dinosaur like tries to eat the or when well, the you big go in things mouth. presented as like a reason to come to Universal Florida. Yeah. Funny enough, then when Jurassic Park ride was built, mm-hmm. also the big thing is the feature is that there's a T-Rex trying yeah, to eat you but a very different but a t-rex. different t-rex it, it, that that started to become weird i think the ride started feeling a little weird after dress park was open because it was so clearly not a correct t-rex yes. the t-rex is definitely silly in back to the future of the ride but i like he's a, he's kind of lovable he's yeah he's he a, has he's a dummy he's, he's like a goofier a t-rex uh <laughs> but he's not uh he's a wacky t-rex he's yeah, not yeah. uh not the vicious killer the that the T-Rex dignified. is on Jurassic. The dignified, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, you're right. He was that one <laughs> the is dignified much more... killer. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, a lot uh, of fun though. Universal um, responsible for one of the most canny marketing moves, uh, partnering with Nickelodeon. All of those live Nickelodeon shows that were oh, shot yeah. in Florida mm-hmm. would have the end card shot on uh-huh. location at Universal Studios Florida with the big neon logo and sometimes footage of like rides and stuff. And mm-hmm. I'm just thinking back to that now i was like oh that's probably why i was always like we're doing a day at universal right if we're doing if oh, we're going to florida it was just ubiquitous the it nickelodeon was just in my mind propaganda got to me yeah and seeing at the end that at the end of every single nickelodeon show that it was filmed yeah. live at universal studios uh, florida um, and one of the first times I was ever wowed, this seems so dumb in retrospect, but I remember you used to be able to take a walking tour of the Universal, uh, the Nickelodeon production facilities in Orlando. And at one point they had a giant room with mood lighting and behind glass was the orange couch from Snick, the <laughs> Snick programming block. Wow. And as a kid, I was just like, holy a, cow there's the couch as a kid you dreamed of napping on <laughs> that couch <laughs> there was a no, prop couch <laughs> no couch you wanted to nap on more being than... a lazy dog rubbing <laughs> your back on the famous snick couch yeah but uh, i did not want to participate in the live show at the end where you could get slimed i was like i don't want to get slimed these are my nice clothes i don't what will happen I, what is the slime made of i am a scared nice little boy uh and they they're like parents sit on the, in these bleachers kids sit in these bleachers and I was like, what is this? Like, mm. Mom, was... where is the non splash zone? <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, a big 
a big thing is that I never went to the Nickelodeon Studios as oh, a child, and sorry. I am still upset about it. Oh, I, I, I wish, I regret it. I mean, it it's not wonderful. my fault because we 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 didn't go. We just didn't go. So it's not my fault. It's my parents' fault. Mm-hmm. Um, even though I was the biggest Nickelodeon fan, um, legitimately mournful as you were talking yeah. about this, mm-hmm. and I understand why. No Nickelodeon yeah. Studios. No Alien Encounter. Man, yeah, this explains I, so much. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I have These a, holes. Things I... <laughs> Next time at the therapist. Yep. Uh, <laughs> you know, I think we all just had a breakthrough. Uh, uh, you know, also, the one cool thing about this ride being open at Universal Studios is you ended up with a Doc Brown walk-around yes. character. And uh, he would factor into un- totally unrelated things, such as the opening of the, uh, uh, the... I'm sorry, the burial of the Nick Time Capsule in 1992, which was an event that all looms about large to me as a oh, child. Yeah. I know all Every about time this. I've been there, I went to... I've, I, like, I had to go, like have a moment like even you know like when i went you know five years ago i had to go stare at the spot like where you- the <laughs> where the time capsule was buried although the time capsule has moved it moved to a nickelodeon themed hotel right elsewhere in orlando when I is like- that getting open 2020 uh, i think it was a 50 year time capsule so i think we're talking 2042 and i remember oh, doing okay. the math as a kid and thinking like how Will I be alive? How old will I be? 112? How, um... Uh, I like that you were going to pay your respects like it was a World War II memorial. Or... <laughs> to me, again, we don't know real history. Like we but I do go. know where the cover the, of Disney Adventures with Macaulay Culkin... There's uh, an original Game Boy, I think, in there. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's, There might that be, like, some right. gack, some uh-huh. Nickelodeon gack. I yeah. think my elementary school... Uh, uh, buried our own time capsule on school property, uh, inspired by this. Hmm. Really? And I'm just remembering now that my elementary school was uh, demolished, and they rebuilt it right next to it. So that time capsule might be under some rubble or hmm. under the current building. I wonder what I happened. I think when to you're that. back home, you should get the old shovel out. And see if you can take that and then sell what's ever in there for a little cash. I just show up, right? I don't need to tell them I'm coming. They'll know why a uh, 32-year-old man is on his yeah, elementary school property with, with a, a shovel. shovel. Uh, dark of night is what I'm saying. Don't, oh, don't okay. do it. Don't let them know you're coming. Well, you know I'm out. I'm out pretty early. That's a good <laughs> point. I'll probably be asleep. <laughs> That's a good point. When uh, night sounds falls. Like the start of a magical coming-of-age story, though. Uh, That's, a, like a, a, That's true. A man returns to the childhood, uh, the school he left behind. Um, it's a book of Henry style, <laughs> heartwarming tale. Uh, um, anyway, the, yeah, Doc Brown, I think, helped. There were a lot of Doc Browns running around at Universal the, and always, like, didn't look like Christopher Lloyd, didn't really act yeah, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. Really it was weird. Just... Even they shut down the ride and Christopher Lloyd, the real Christopher Lloyd, went and, like, like said goodbye next to a very broad <laughs> great scott like a, a horrible uh, yeah. uh, doc brown impersonator um the the thing i i don't know maybe this is another episode but the thing i would like to to talk of the last thing i want to talk about is the the restaurant in front of back to the future uh-huh. in hollywood doc, doc brown's, brown's <laughs> chicken <Yeah>. fried chicken <laughs> fried right? chicken fried sorry chicken? yeah uh, uh, yes. Supposedly, uh, I never ate there. Supposedly, so uh, uh, delicious and widely liked that chicken. Well, they s- kept the recipe for yeah. crusty. Uh, it's Cletus, it's, it is now Cletus's. changed into Cletus's. The Simpsons character Cletus has a chicken shack, ah, and it's the same theory, yes. recipe. Um, apparently, chicken was served in that spot for years before this. Hmm. There was like it was a different restaurant. It was and a I Mrs. Knotts. Down, it was like a sort of a Mrs. Knotts style uh, chicken restaurant, or mm-hmm. I mean, whatever. I'm not. I should really again. Go, but, you know, but it's, it's a universal thing. You go to a theme park in the middle of the summer, 
lunchtime comes around, I want <laughs> three pieces of dark meat, uh, two sides and a biscuit. Hot crackling uh, oils. Hot crackling oils. Delicious chicken um, gravy. <laughs> the, the, the ride itself, Doc... Doc, for some reason, opening up a chicken restaurant doesn't make any sense. Uh, mm-hmm. But then what was funny or made me laugh, I guess, maybe it was just me, was that the Simpsons ride then cha- was open and then this lasted for a few years. So uh, independent of any other Back to the Future thing, oh, right. just Doc Brown had a chicken restaurant. And if you came and this was the first time, boy, were you confused why this is even here if you didn't know that that used to be a Back to the Future ride. Well, also, a few, like, 10, 20 feet away from that was the uh, shark from Jaws, <laughs> was the hanging, uh, yes. the dead yeah. shark from Jaws hanging upside down, which right. is Mushy not... area. But at least yeah. you knew he di- the Jaws died in the movie, and you go, oh, yeah, sure, that's what happened to Jaws after the movie. You walk over to this, and you're like, when did he... Open a chicken Doc restaurant. Doc Brown, independently. But elsewhere at City Walk, you have uh, B- uh, Bubba Gump's. Right, which, make, again, makes Super. sense mm-hmm. when you're talking about the movies. This one, I'm saying, like, Doc doesn't go, oh, I'm opening in a the chicken restaurant. Re- <laughs> well, I see, it's in the movie. That's what I'm trying to there's say, There's no, yes. nothing canonically uh, makes you Right, think. he doesn't have, like, he loves chicken or something. There's not a scene where he's like, he, he's like, we gotta make a stop. And then they go to, like, KFC or something. I think I can justify this. I, I oh. believe that at some point, with all these inventions, he probably would have gotten around to, or maybe someone did it for him, filing at least one patent, which was used in something that was successful, so he would get, you know, rights or residuals or whatever, and invested it in uh, a business because, uh, uh, you know, the restaurant business, while margins are small, uh-huh. people do like fried chicken. Uh-huh. Keep going. <laughs> and maybe You're 10% of the way through this explanation, <laughs> he, I think. He always had a passion for the restaurant. Maybe he just wanted to see what it was like. He had conquered so many inventions, but he had never opened a small business uh, restaurant. Well, that concise explanation would have really helped me <laughs> when I was in line to buy some fried chicken at his restaurant. I think we're in a timeline where he, as we've established, we think that maybe Doc steals inventions from other people. <laughs> yeah, he's a bad time. man. I think he went back and stole... Uh, uh, the Colonel's recipe. Yes, uh, uh, and great. I think he. We're in a timeline where the where Doc Brown has replaced the Colonel in terms of pop culture, uh, <laughs> uh, because they're similar. Shock of white hair. They dress all in white. That's true. Uh, so yeah, there there is no Colonel. When you're inside Universal Studios, there's no Colonel. Right. Uh, where Doc Brown has has replaced him and erased him from history. Wow. I'm going to go one step further. Okay, even. go ahead. <laughs> In our new movie with Doc Brown's evil brother. Yeah, oh yeah. Uh, uh, Doc Brown's protege, played by Don McGlover. Yep. Uh, Doc Brown, in when he retires, is is finally devoting his time to his passion project, Doc Brown's Fried Chicken, oh, which so, is next to the uh So that makes it so... So your pitch for the movie is that he's done with time travel and he's just all about chicken now. Well, I think that's when when Pastor Gray comes back, is at the retirement ceremony or party for Doc Brown. Mm -hmm. Pastor Gray blows up the chicken restaurant and that's his big entrance. That's his big Thanos-like entrance. Man in Hilldale last night, but he would, but he would have had to do it with with a like an old fashioned bomb. No electronics involved in that. Bomb. No, we're talking right. a big circular uh, uh, black sphere with yeah, yeah, a yeah. long fuse coming out of it. If well, this is in the same Universal world where as Snidely Whiplash, perhaps you could have borrowed it from from Snidely sure, Whiplash. Yeah, All or right. maybe one of the dastardly vil- villains from A Million Ways to Die in the West. <laughs> 
I'll be honest. This is sounding less fun to me now by the end. <laughs> the movie? Oh, yeah, come yeah. on. No, all these properties great. interacting with it's a DeLorean great. at the center. It's a Ready Player you One. Were to, You're, we're all we're together pitching Ready Player One if Two. You, okay, fine. Here, let me throw some in so I'm uh, so I like it again. The Lockhards. <laughs> Uh, the comic strip uh, Love Is and then Andy Cap is also involved. <laughs> oh, great! Oh, so finally, as long as those Closure. characters are all in, and I'm I'm back. If they can, they all well, they all of them together could fit into an eight-person DeLorean. That's true. So yeah, that's how you get them all. You that's collect perfect. them through whatever time and places they're all in. Um, I feel like we may have missed. Massive swaths of what the actual ride. Yeah, I think we talked is. about the ride a lot less than everything else. Yeah, but uh, I don't know. If you're listening to this, you probably you know. If you want to just watch the ride, you could do yeah. that. But if you want to hear a lot of tangents uh, mixed with dry facts, that's what you come to podcast the ride for. And yeah. I think we delivered. I oh think yeah, so. for sure. Uh, so so that we... being said, well, do, do we do do we review this as a uh, is it a is it a keep it as is I burn it to the ground yeah. for insurance money? Uh, even though it is gone, if it were still there, do we, is there anything that we would want to change or improve? Uh, yeah, I, I would. We can do that. Uh, I'm going to go first. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it were 2018 and this ride was open right now, what would I want to do to it? Would it be keep it perfectly ex- as is? Would I want to plus it up or would I want to demolish it? I'm going to say demolish it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to say knock it down. Oh, because I... Be, here's why here's mm-hmm. why because the ride is a classic it's great i love it but i think it's too outdated and i think then the ride system sort of holds it back because if they were going to truly plus it up to the point of making it a new back to the future they'd have to make a big cgi back to the future video that's because they're not going to do it the old way they're not going to make practical model stuff so it sounds like such a pain in the it's ass. It's so much a pain in the time. ass. There's no way they would do it. Even in my blue sky, I won't even uh, won't even consider it in a blue sky fantasy. No. Sorry, Doug Trumbull. We're doing it, it would different be, this time. Yeah, it would be CGI, and that would be a lot less fun and sort of not in the spirit of the original movies. I feel so. I just I think this is the first time I've ever said this about any ride. I think demolish it again if I have to do something, and then build a totally new Back to the Future ride. Mm. That's and and also. If you look on message boards, I don't think that's out of the question. I don't think I think that's possible still, especially when we're talking about maybe a third park in Universal in Florida. Mm. This is something that's still obviously culturally very relevant. And there's somebody put some sort of I don't know if this was just sort of fan art, but somebody put some some idea for a Back to the Future coaster, a newer one, and they're like a DeLorean sort of car, and then you know you load in two and two, and there would be show scenes. So like I feel like I feel like demolish the thing and then build a new Back to the Future ride using technology using Harry Potter level technology yep. top of the line boy that would be show exciting. scenes going back to the going to the future because because to actually go to that fake future mm-hmm. and I mean I guess you could maybe push it to like twenty thirty or something so it's not such a weird <laughs> thing that we're going three years in the we're past not going backwards yes uh, that would really more make sense the past but yeah yeah open. retcon it so it's like a thirty year everything's thirty years difference I tell uh, you what, what one of my thoughts is if uh, uh, I want to see some of those characters that I love so much yes that, like in the way that you in the Simpsons ride you're like narrowly avoiding some of your favorite Simpsons characters so I want to see uh, Fujitsu San Marty's oh, yeah. mean boss in the future I want to see. <laughs> 
Marlene McFly. Yes. Uh, uh, on a on on a shopping excursion. Uh-huh. Uh, uh, you know, b- Goldie uh, Wilson. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mayor. What's Mayor Go- uh, uh, and his his. Uh, Son who does hover conversions. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's around. I want to, and I most of all, I want to see needles. We all want to see needles. Of course. When you said I want to see characters, needles is the first. Needles is the first uh, name that popped into my head. Please, character who convinces Marty to do some confusing deal via fax <laughs> uh, in the future. This bizarre God. Why is that scene so? I don't know why. Stuck yeah. in my head. For, it's so strange. You don't really know what he's talking about. The jits will never find out. What? <laughs> what is the plan? You also don't find out what Marty Junior's plan is with Griff. He's pulling some scheme, and they never tell you what that is. is yeah, it a drug deal. Right. What? Are, why are the McFly's but, getting into such nefarious shit? Right. They're like, what yeah, it's. It? seems like they're all like shitty they all get shitty later but like to be able to go into a dark ride into that living room (laughs) (laughs) and watch we're all laughing laughing. oh my if it looked like the uh the that uh last scene in carousel of progress Oh, it's a lot like that. Yes. Yeah, like, like bizarro future. Bizarro future. Gramps uh, is around. Uh huh. You not you almost knock over George McFly and his upside down back correcting machine. I mean, that's what else do you want than so, that? Scott, you're saying plus it up, to demolish it, and then build something new too. I suppose I would say that, and I and I, but I have I have one other uh, uh, sure. pitch for this for what I what I'd want to see happen in a new iteration of the ride uh, uh you know so to, just to tie it all up you know in the end you bump biff you uh, take him back to the the present day and what happens there he's sort of taken away by some suited guards at the institute of future technology i don't think he's thoroughly punished enough for his <laughs> deeds yeah, his yeah. evil deeds through time and and what's more i don't think we're punishing the right biff because yeah he's just going on a joyride or whatever but he's some punk kid you know just crashing into stuff you know i i, the, I think you want to bring justice to the ultimate uh, most villainous biff which is the biff who is in control of the alternate 1985 mm-hmm. future the biff who's the mayor the biff who's taken over the town with horrible casinos who's all powerful and does all this this awful stuff so i say uh, in the end we go deep into that alternate future and we track mm-hmm. down that biff the the bloated biff with the shitty out of date hair he looks awful he's he's a, a horrible despotic leader and maybe we find out a little bit more about him like you know he that he he rose to power you know by on this wave of angry populism mm-hmm. in hill valley he started accusing mayor goldie wilson of not being born in america <laughs> uh, uh-huh. uh you know you find out that his one of his gang members like the billy zane guy was meeting with the russian government and that's how he was right. elected mayor and he didn't even want to be mayor. He just wanted like a contract to build a, a Biff Tannen's pleasure palace in Moscow. Uh, uh, you know, just kind of flesh out yeah, uh, yeah, uh, Biff yeah. being in charge and what that means. He wants to kick Syrians out of Hill Valley, <laughs> even though it was the Libyans who were up to the, pl- right. to the plutonium hijinks. So we're going to find, I want to find th- that Biff. Maybe find him when he's like, I don't know, give or take 71 years old, something <laughs> like that. Let's find that Biff. Let's pin him up against the wall of his own casino and let's just ram that DeLorean into him over and over again. Let him drop to the ground, run over his head a couple of times. Uh-huh. This Biff. I just, I, I don't know. Something about that 71-year-old horrible Biff who rules what? over this terrible future where everyone's angry at each other. I want to see that Biff 
yeah. uh, uh, come to justice. I think this is a good idea. Um, mm-hmm. um, obviously, like it's very unbelievable, but that's what's fun about fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, um, but I like the idea that it's a nice, fun family adventure. And then the last part of it is just the grossest, most gruesome thing uh, mm-hmm. full of you murdering a man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But just squishing his bloated head. Again, it's fantasy. Mm-hmm. Um, I, no one would want to it's see really, that happen it's, it's to... Blue, it's blue sky here. Yeah, it's blue yeah. sky. So you no never one, want to see that happen to anyone in our real world. Yeah, if, if no. now if a character like you were describing existed absolutely yeah, yeah we would all pay top dollar to see a car. imagine if a guy who looked like biff tannen if you had to like watch his shitty bloated face yeah. on tv every day and listen mm-hmm. to every blather out of his mouth i don't know i want to i want to i want to take it i want to i want to i want to crush that skull and throw the remains into the mr fusion and uh, right off into the sunset i think that's great too so that's it's I, a little like grim that. but yeah. that's my idea yeah. of where to take the new back to the future mm-hmm. of the ride Unfortunately, uh, our real world is much more bleak, and most evil goes unpunished. (laughs) Uh, On that note, uh, I would say uh, my big thing is, you know, I said her at the top, I think this ride is, is one of the ones I would call a classic. So were it still around, this I'm going to go the the middle route of just keep it as is. But if 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 again it was still around, I say fresh coat of paint on everything yeah they should have brightened that that screen brightened the projectors years ago probably replaced the projectors replaced the screen and and just like uh gussy it up in the same way that disney kind of gussied up some of some of the fantasy land rides uh for the recent uh Mm. what was it 60th anniversary Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. uh uh just just made made everything look a a little more pretty because i i think this uh yeah, I think there's still a huge fandom for this attraction, as we've seen, as we've talked about ourselves, mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, yeah, and there's also not that much Back to the Future stuff, mm-hmm. like we said. So it but, was always nice, you know. I, that ride was still open when I worked there, when I was a tour guide at Universal, and hearing the hearing that score and hearing the sweet swell of Huey Lewis yeah. on the news. Oh, great! Uh, it was right outside music. of our our break room, so I'd sit out on the patio if a tour went well, and I get to come back, chill out, have some baked lays, <laughs> and uh, listen to a Huey Lewis loop over and over again. Did <laughs> you get positive feelings? Did you eat at Doc Brown's? Did you get like an employee discount at Doc Brown's? Yeah, I would like specifically make the Doc Brown's uh, a trip, not free or anything. Right? Uh, uh, yeah, but I'd well, uh, I'd take the time. What was your order at Doc Brown's? Uh, uh, I think we're just talking basic, uh, basic leg and thigh. I think I think mm-hmm. I liked the. I think I preferred the dark and uh, okay. real, real good fries. It kind of got like shittier as it went on. A little more like sodium heavy. You could tell like they were letting that recipe lapse. <laughs> uh, uh, but uh, uh, you know, as they do with rides, they uh, yeah. things deteriorate. It... Uh, um, but you know what? Uh, that's. Uh, that's what that's what I, I will. We'll have to go check out Cletus and see. Uh, yeah, see we'll how see how, it, doing. Yeah, how it's doing. doing. New ownership. Um, well, you guys, uh, we've really done it today. Uh, we've gone the distance again. Truly, we we thought we were we were going to try to keep it. We were trying to keep it short. We didn't. No, uh, we went very long. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this is Back to the Future, and it deserves it. So yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. You know, split it. We didn't want to. Well, we we had the choice really of splitting it in two, as they as the filmmakers did in making parts two and three, and we chose to make it one mega, uh, uh, one mega episode. Yeah. Uh, um, but uh, uh, I don't know. But we'll you... revisit it in editing and uh, split it. In... <laughs> yeah. Um, but Scott, you were about to say they've survived podcast the ride. That's correct. Yeah. But you know what? I think you covered it. 
Uh, all right. <laughs> uh, you know, I'll still take the fun. Hey, in this case, you truly survived Podcast the Ride. You survived a uh, an epic adventure through time. Uh, uh, I feel like I expended 21 uh, kilojilowatts G- of energy. Sticking the uh, landing on the way out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, we always, yeah, we never, we don't sputter to a stop. We hit the landing hard. We need to bump this landing. Let's, yeah. Bu- yeah. let's bump it. You survived Podcast the Ride. Please follow us on Twitter and on Instagram and anything else that you guys would want any listeners to do. Uh, and email us at uh, podcasttheride at gmail.com uh, and rate and review on iTunes. Yeah. You know tell, tell, tell five friends. Yeah, tell Turn friends. Turn this into a pyramid scheme There's of some kind. There's the show yeah. where these, it's these three guys and they talk for two hours <laughs> and 45 minutes. Uh, and, and some of that content is about the rides that the episode is named after. Do you know what an omnitheater is? <laughs> Do you like listening to three men who at best could be described as late bloomers talk for a while? Then you will enjoy this show. Uh, uh, thank you for listening. Yeah, hey, and the future is what you make of it.